It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open. That's what we do here. We take your calls, your thoughts about whatever's on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Yay. And Joa. And, uh, well, again, you can join us and bring up whatever you want to discuss here. That's what we do on Free Talk Live. You can join us online as well at freetalklive.com. Lots of features await you there completely free, unlike a lot of talk show websites where they want to charge you for archives and chat rooms and things like that. We do all that for free at freetalklive.com. Uh, coming up tonight, Joe has got a disturbing story from the quote-unquote free state, so-called free state of Florida, Yeah, <laughs> uh, where, where just last night we were talking about how DeSantis wants to uh, make it so that you can't say what you can currently legally say about politicians. He wants to uh, repeal the protections uh, that people who say things that might not be true when it comes to politicians have. From being sued for libel, for instance. Yeah. So uh, this guy, this DeSantis, is not a freedom of speech guy. He's not a freedom-loving uh, person. I, sadly, some people seem to have been fooled by this character He's simply a- because he was, quote-unquote, good on COVID. But only after he was bad on COVID and then changed his mind because he realized that it was politically feasible for him to get some popularity by being good on COVID. Because he was a total authoritarian yeah, to begin with. I think we should start calling him Ron Hamilton. Uh, After DeSantis. Alexander Hamilton? <laughs> yeah, so we can talk about that. Uh, and then also in the news, uh, national divorce. There's been a poll conducted by Rasmussen, and they asked Americans and different demographics and such about the idea of national divorce. As you may have heard, this Marjorie Taylor Greene character, this Republican in Congress, has been talking publicly about the idea of national divorce. Now, of course, she doesn't really, either she doesn't understand what secession means, or she's purposefully trying to muddy the waters, because she's been painting this picture of, oh yeah, we think the states should separate, but there should still be a federal government. And the federal government should be smaller, but it should still do things like have a war on drugs or a you know war. That's the on most this ironic thing. What's the you're you're talking between two sides of your mouth? Yeah, she yeah. absolutely is. And like I said, I don't know if she's doing it on purpose because she's just not that intelligent, or if she, or, or I don't know whether she's not that intelligent or if she's doing it on purpose. So, uh, but e- evil genius, perhaps. But regardless, it has gotten the idea of national divorce out there. It has pushed the the conversation forward to some extent, even though she's not really being particularly good at communicating the idea. Of course, for those of us that understand secession or independence, uh, the idea would be that there would be no more federal government for anyone that's leaving. And in any kind of breakup scenario, whatever the federal government is today would not exist in that current form on into the future. Now, I mean, it, there there's some important questions that need to be asked, obviously, as far as, well, if there was going to be this so-called divorce where the red states would have their own country and the blue states would have their own country, what exactly would happen to the federal government? How would you divvy up, you know, military assets, nuclear weapons, what happens to the post office? I mean, there are a lot of questions uh, that would need to be asked, but 
Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene hasn't been talking about ending the federal government. And, you know, the whole thing with national divorce, uh, <clears throat> I, I see what's more realistic is regional divorce. Because we definitely have two different cultures between, you know, the cities and the rural areas in mm-hmm. this country. I mean, like New York, for example, you know, upstate New York is all a bunch of, you know, farm boys that, you know, like their guns and a mm-hmm. bunch of rednecks. And that's what the culture of essentially most of upstate New York, with the exception of the inner cities, you know, there's a bunch of those up in New York, you know, like Syracuse, Schenectady, Albany. And but as soon as you get outside, of, and even like Colorado... You got away from the cities. It's all it's all conservatives. It's a bunch of liberals in the cities. Mm-hmm. But the real the real thing is is <clears throat> let's take a step back and ask why would we need a divorce? Is it because the um, ex husband is beating the uh, wife and you know the wife wants to you know uh, divorce? Uh, you know kind of situation. The you know the cities are dominating and putting you know legislation that applies in cities and enforcing it in rural areas. Um, you know, uh, so, but if the country actually functioned as a constitutional republic, as described in Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution, where you have separations of powers, and basically, you know, you just can't violate the rights of the people. 99% of the population can't vote to take away the rights of 1% of the people. And, you know, all your all your neighbors could unanimously agree that you shouldn't have a right to do whatever, and, you know, we're supposed to be protected in our life, liberty, and property. Yeah, that didn't work out. Though. Obviously, is not what is happening. Yeah. So, the uh, but the thing is, is national divorce, like state by state, just doesn't make sense. Because, uh, well, New Hampshire would be considered some kind of liberal blue state by, you know, some metrics. Well, the, mm-hmm. the 12% of the country that actually voted for Biden should not be, de- like, they, they cannot decide <laughs> right. our right. future, the rest of us. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I, I don't know how New Hampshire would end up falling in any kind of whatever this national divorce situation would look like, which is why we need to make sure we get out in front of this and secede from the United States like before, before anything yeah. like that happens. Uh, but but the news here from Rasmussen, as reported by DailyMail.co.uk, is it's a, a solid third of Americans that right now, according to Rasmussen, support the idea of national divorce. So cool. They're they're describing it as a surprising number of Americans, which it really isn't. If you look at the previous uh, studies that have been done across the United States asking questions, I remember there was one, I think it was like 2020 or 2021, where they, they asked people about like a regional separation kind of thing. So it wasn't asking about should your state secede alone. It was asking, would you support your state seceding along with sort of the connecting states? So yeah. like there was the southeast, there was the northeast, there was these different regions. And it was anywhere between like 29 and 40 something percent. Even Texas had, I think, 60 percent or something like that. So it was very high in, in some areas. But like even the West Coast had 30 30 percent support i think new hampshire or rather new england had like 34 percent even among democrats so there's it's not shocking to those of us who've been watching this issue but for people that are new to the idea of national divorce and they've just heard some buzz online or maybe seen a news article about it they might be surprised that it's a solid 34 percent of americans according to uh this study say they uh they agree with green that the United States needs a national divorce where red and blue states would separate and the federal government would be shrunk, but still 57% are disagreeing with the premise. When broken down by party, 
Republicans are split on the matter with just a 5% margin uh, between those who agree and disagree. And even 26% of Democrats say they agree with Taylor Greene's idea. Uh, According to the numbers, it's actually 47% of Republicans who say they support the national divorce. And it's actually only 42% who disagree. So 11% of Republicans are unsure about the question. So most of the Republicans responding, or at least a plurality of them to the survey, actually support it. So more Republicans support national divorce than oppose national divorce at this point. And it's not like New Hampshire and like other states that actually you know, go ahead with uh, secession or independence. Uh, they're not going to be like, oh, now everything around us is enemies. That's what like is in people's minds because of the mm-hmm. Civil War and all that. But in reality is like, no, Massachusetts could be our friend. Vermont can be our friend. You know, maybe even D.C. could be our friend. But <laughs> I know you laugh. But like, you know, there could be, uh, you know, in a free market world, well, they, they, could be off- yeah, they could be offering something that we need and that they're there's really nothing of, of value in, in Don't D.C. Don't spoil it, Ian, man. <laughs> I, I trade with people in Massachusetts and yeah, from sure. Maine and from Vermont all the time. I mean, it's, you know, it's, New England is a pretty regional, you know, area. So we're, we're all sort of, you know, most anybody who consumes food here is consuming it from, you know, mostly other states. But um, and, and that's what makes everyone friendly is trade. And, you know, when you put limitations and barriers and sanctions on people, that's what, you know, it you know, is uh, dis disincentivizes friendliness. That's what creates hostilities, and that's essentially what. Um, and, and and I don't think there would be any of that uh, because if New Hampshire decided not to be uh, a part of the corporation calling itself the United States, decided to opt out um, by a vote of its people, it would be you know interesting. But like, um, you know, there's still going to be truckloads of hay coming into New Hampshire for your cows and your horses from New York and from oh, Canada. Yeah. You know, there's still going to be dairy products coming from Wisconsin. There's, you know, because it's a marketplace and people want to sell it. And it, be, and if it's basically not a, no longer the feds in there, a federal marketplace. Now we got way more options. Yeah, no more interstate commerce clauses, and like the Fed doesn't have to put their hand in it. We could probably just across the line import our own oil directly from Russia mm-hmm. uh, to our own oil port and s- sort of be uh, and, and be way less. Um, you know, dependent on, you know, you know, resources because our marketplace, we wouldn't right now you can't, you know, no one in the United States is going to be able to get a ro- load of Russian oil. Actually, you know what I'd rather have, have, you know. I want to see uh Texas happen. So Texas exit and then Texas yeah. can sell us their oil. How's that sound? They have it too. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah, they can just bring it to New Hampshire sure. or we could buy our oil directly from Canada, Canada and build a pipeline from, you know, from Quebec right into New Hampshire. I mean, we've got this other oh, awesome yeah. border. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a lot yeah. of options that open up and New Hampshire does have a deep water port. So, I mean, even though there's not a whole lot of coastline in New Hampshire, yep. we do have a deep water port. So there, that is a possibility. And of course, right now I was actually just watching the John Stossel's uh, YouTube channel Odyssey. Maybe it was on Odyssey, but anyway, I was watching John Stossel last night, and he had a report about the Jones Act. Yes, I saw that one. Which is an interesting, ridiculous thing that prohibits anywhere in the United States from if you're going to ship, let's say, from Texas to New Hampshire, right. you cannot ship. With a foreign shipping company. Right. You have to use right. a U.S.-based shipping company. And this had complications with uh, Puerto Rico, is what it was. It's complicated a lot of well, things. Well, Puerto Rico is a big example yeah. of because they actually were having a shortage on diesel and food and all kinds of other resources. Yep. And they had a ship sitting right there at the bay. Right. But the Jones Act said no. <laughs> they had a ship with, with fuel 
in view of Puerto Rico, but it was illegal for them to actually come to to uh, deliver that fuel because it was a, for, a foreign ship. And, and the feds are like, you're <laughs> cutting the line. Yeah. Oh, okay. So stupid. Yeah. And they even actually had Chris Sununu from, yes, uh, I, yep. from yep. New Hampshire appear on that particular episode because the power company Eversource that does the centralized power here in New Hampshire wanted to buy liquefied natural gas, but they couldn't because there's no, they could, they wanted to buy it from elsewhere, like in the United States, but they couldn't because all of the ships that can transport LNG are foreign ships. Yep. There literally are zero ships that can do LNG transports that are from the United States. So, and, and this is purposeful. So they want to take these LNG, liquid natural gas yeah. ships, and they don't want it, set, you know, coming off of uh, Shreveport, where, well, you know, that east or whatever, uh, out of the Gulf of Mexico, mm-hmm. any of those, Louisiana and Texas, and running to like New England, because they want that ship going to Europe. And then they want that ship running over to somewhere in Ukraine, filling up with natural gas and coming back to the States, probably, mm. you know, because they do have natural gas comes into Boston, comes into um, uh, and, you know, and it comes from foreign places, from sometimes. foreign places. Yes. But what you will, they got and, and it. And the thing is, is there's just not enough Americans to really do all the work that we got to do that are willing to work. So to have <laughs> yeah. these American ships, you know, the um, and. You know, just like the the train stuff is turning into a disaster, you're going to see it with shipping too. It just everything. well, he's already saying that the ships that are manufactured in the United States have gone from like 18 per year to one. Yep. Uh, the amount of shipyards went down from like 450 to 150, so it's down <laughs> tremendously. The entire industry has just uh, just been driven into the dirt because they're not allowed to compete. Yeah, There's no it, competition. The, you know, this is extreme abuse by the feds, and we don't mm-hmm. need this anymore. Like the it's so blatant that they're like obviously trying to create collapses and in, in corners of the world so that way it doesn't you know topple them later on but you know I feel like they just do not care it, you don't want to talk about natural national divorce well here we are this is like these are perfect examples Great reasons yeah uh, and another thing to go back with their shipping stuff so I used to do a lot of business with some Canadians uh you know importing hay into the, into uh new hampshire and massachusetts and stuff and i used to go up there and get hay and have guys ship me hay and one of the problems was is almost every trucking company i hired it was like really difficult for them to get a load back out of you know sort of like western mass or wherever um <clears throat> I was to get it back to canada to get them back to canada with a load mm-hmm. and it was like um they had there was they were very limited on what they were, could haul. One of the only is this things, because of the border. This is because restrictions. Yeah, so so basically they definitely couldn't haul like like what he really wanted to do was like haul produce from mm-hmm. like uh, some place down in Connecticut or, or some kind of fish or something to a place up in northern Vermont. But so he was barred from doing that because he couldn't haul it within because he's a Canadian he's trucker. A Canadian, oh. and so basically he the only thing he could find to bring him home was a little you know to go home with was a so loss. they have the same stupid rule for truck drivers right. the Jones Act. I, I mean, is it the same act? I, it- I don't know, but I know oh, those drivers wow. couldn't like haul anything you know within the, the states. They could, they could only haul it from the states to Canada. And they were very limited. I, I think the only thing they could haul, and it had to do with Canadian and Amer- both, you know, governments, you know, working together to mm-hmm. sort of protectionism. Yeah, uh, but the, he was like the only thing he could haul was logs, and like logs just didn't pay much. But you know, we hauled them anyways, so it covered some of his fuel costs. But it was, um, 
It I would, mean, look what happened yeah. to the trucking business during COVID. Remember when the there was all the news about the ships in the harbor yep. outside of Los Angeles and Long Beach, where there was a 200 cargo container, uh, 200 cargo ships out there. They didn't have enough truck drivers within the United States. Well, it wasn't actually truck loads. drivers. They didn't have enough. Here's the problem with California. So I used to really pay attention to well, California trucking. has regulations against certain older right. trucks. Right. So I used to pay a lot of attention to um, the trucking industry. <clears throat> and with, uh, so all these brand new semi trucks running down the road are basically somewhat pieces of junk. They're, they have um, these engine um, emission systems that are really, really just abusive on the actual engine coming from a mechanic's point of view. So what they have is they have exhaust gas recirculation. They have these diesel particulate filters that are like tens of thousands of dollars on a semi-truck, just, you know, these diesel particulate filters. Uh, they have um, this stuff called urea, which uh, they call it diesel exhaust fluid. If you ever go to the pumps, you see DEF everywhere. It's diesel <laughs> exhaust fluid. Hmm. And what it does is sprays into the um, <clears throat> exhaust to uh, neutralize some acid. And, and anyways, when it gets cold, when you let the truck sit for like a week or two, these systems have a very, very high failure rate. A lot of the farm qu- equipment, is a, like a lot of farmers don't even want to own the guy I worked for in Colorado, he doesn't want to own anything because it's so finicky, like with the emissions okay. controls, that there's a big failure rate. And what happens is these tractors and these trucks go into what's called limp mode, and you can only drive them really slow. Hmm. Every truck driver listening right now knows exactly what I'm talking about. So what a lot of guys started doing was you can delete all this stuff off these trucks. So like, and so the EPA has really started hammering on a lot of mechanics and you know shops that do this stuff. They call them diesel delete, and you'll see like... These trucks go from getting like four and a half miles to the gallon to getting like seven and a half miles wow. to the gallon. It's a huge difference. It's a huge difference. Like pickup trucks go for like Dodge 3500 diesel pickup trucks, say like a, you know, 2012, 2020 truck. You, they go from getting, you know, 15, 16 miles to the gallon driving them like a car. And then when you delete all the mission stuff, reprogram the computer and hack mm-hmm. them. You know, guys are getting almost 25 miles to the gallon with these things because they're because now you're using all the technology to you know really make them efficient. But what mm. happens is the exhaust uh, is called like a NOx rating is a little off or something, and 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 you know the environmentalists don't like it, but it, it actually really restricts these engines. And the other thing it does is the engines run extremely dirty, so you get this soot in your diesel engine which wears them out. So you'll see a lot of these new trucks have a lot of downtime. So the only companies that can run California for the past several years are companies that are, are guys that are running um, uh, uh, EPA tier five, whatever compliant trucks. So these are trucks like basically manufactured after like 2012 for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, and a brand new semi trucks like, you know, $200,000 for a decent one, uh, you know, and uh, that's not the trailer. It's just a truck. So these things are expensive to buy. So only the big trucking companies can really buy them. So but, a lot of independent operators, they're still running their old rigs right. from back whenever. They work fine. They're running fine, but they're not allowed into California. Seems like so, they're cutting out the upper middle class, whereas like independent drivers, these like freelance uh, truck drivers, yep. uh, they can no longer survive on their own. They are forced into contracts well, into their trucks. There's a lot more to it. So, for example, these new trucks are really hard to maintain and maintain at this specific emission level. So what happens is, uh, like, for example, there's this uh, outfit called Fitzgerald Truck Lines uh, or Fitzgerald Truck Sales, and they do what's called a glider kit. So this is where you can buy, like, a brand new, you know, Peterbilt or Kenworth semi-truck, and they buy it with no engine, no transmission, and no rear axles. They just get it. It's called a glider kit. And what you can do is you can put an engine from, like, a 1995 truck in there. Mm -hmm. It's a pre-emissions engine. And so technically, that whatever the engine serial number is, manufacturer date, that's what dominates the emissions thing 
And then they trick these engines all out with the computer programming and all kinds of really good parts. They put, you know, decent uh, and regular transmissions, rear ends in them. And these guys are getting like between, you know, eight and 10 miles to the gallon hauling freight. They've almost doubled their fuel mileage. And when you're putting like 600,000 miles a year on a semi truck, that's a huge amount of money. So uh, hold on, you're they're saying they're all banned from California. You can't even do that as of now. Wow. Like, so if you had like a 1995 Peterbilt semi truck mm-hmm. and you drove it into California, you you would be like a criminal. You can't wow. even do like the old you know truck. But you're saying some people were putting old engines into new newer new, housing. Yep. yep, brand new trucks. And that was working for a while, but now they're checking somehow yep. the age of the parts. Uh, well, what they're doing is oh, so you can so there are actually guys that I've heard they put these. Um, upgrade diesel emission kits on their trucks mm-hmm. and then they basically have like a thing like you know like the, the kids building the race cars they would have what's called a cutout so the cutout on the exhaust was you could uh, basically pull a cable and it would move a valve in your exhaust and not direct the exhaust through the muffler or just dump it right out so it was like an open header so you could you know do your drag race and then you're driving on the street and you close your exhaust mm-hmm. they have a similar system for doing these for these semi trucks but it costs like twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars and you'd have to do that with one of these older semi trucks get certified by california it's a it's a real pain in the butt it's not even worth doing to put like an additional mm-hmm. diesel particulate system on uh and then uh so guys just don't run california that mm-hmm. was the thing. Nobody wants to go to California. No independent owner operators mm-hmm. that are running the road. You know, ma, a, a dad who's got one truck feeding a family uh, is just, just not running California. So very few but, guys go there. But yet, uh, Port of Los Angeles and Long Beach are very, very popular ports, right? Like I yep. presume there's some up in uh, Oregon and Washington yep. State. But yeah, they they you, like nobody wants California. Like you'll see like in a truck stops or the trucker magazines, you open them up and it'll be like. We're hiring drivers. No New York City, no California, you know, for example. Or they're like, you know, shipping loads, no California, no New York City. Wow. I, I was watching uh, Rich Rebuilds, and he's been doing conversions of diesel trucks to, to uh, electric. He's like a YouTuber or something? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's out of New Hampshire in Mass. Oh, okay. um, and he uh, also did the conversions of a He t- put a uh, diesel engine in a Tesla. So <laughs> wow. it was kind of funny. But, but the, the thing is, is that uh, the... The one he made uh, a diesel truck into an electric, the, uh, the FDA or whatever you call it, the EPA, yeah. they came after him because this was an already subsidized truck, so he can't convert it. And he's suing them. He's countersuing wow. the, yeah. We're going to continue here. The number, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160, whether you want to talk about trucking or national divorce. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Phones are open and you can join us here. The number is 603 283 
6160. 603-283-6160. Coming up, by the way, this weekend, uh, some of us are going to be at the Free State Project's Liberty Forum that is happening. Yes, sir. I don't know how many years it's been, because I know they missed a couple years, and it started in, like, 2007, so roughly 15 years, I think, of the Liberty Forum, which is the Free State Project's yearly convention. So they have the yearly camping festival, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, that happens in the summertime. Uh, Actually, I guess it's the end of spring, right around there. And then there's this one that always happens in the wintertime. So for those of you that might be still looking for something to do this weekend, if you're going to be up in the New England area and you've been thinking about checking out New Hampshire, coming on up to the Liberty Forum is a great event. As I understand it, tickets are still available for this one. I so, think last year's got sold out. It did. Yeah. It did. Uh, I don't know how close they are to sell out this year, but certainly it's a great excuse to come check out New Hampshire right in the you know the heart of wintertime and and uh, explore a little bit of Manchester, get out, check out some of the restaurants in the area, and maybe you'll meet some uh, people. Maybe you'll meet uh, Mr. Bitcoin. I have heard a rumor Mr. Bitcoin I may heard be attending. Mr. Bitcoin's going to be there. Photo ops. It's a, it's a cool thing. <laughs> Another thing, Liberty Forum last year was uh, they had a little kid's room. So, you know, I have kids. Right. I got a That's three-year-old. Right. Yep, There's a family room. And an 18-month-old. So this year, it's like 15 bucks a head for the kids. Okay. Uh, which I think is great because as money is going towards uh, making the... Uh, Sort of the kid area bigger and better. And buy from, toys or something. Right? For and also pay to you know pay to people you know that are hanging out there with kids Makes all day. Makes sense. Yeah. And <clears throat> all the uh, it was a bunch of teenagers mostly and a few few local moms last year and they all did a great job and the kids had a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, I don't plan on going this year. I've just I just got way too much work to do. I yeah. can't afford the time off. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to get me out of the house because uh, nice. uh, I am technically on a house arrest, but it's a working event for me. I'm going to be behind a table. Uh, the whole time oh, in the uh, the tabling area, so looking forward to it. I'll be there too. Yeah, so, so filming. Looking forward to that too. So yeah, come on out and see us. Uh, we're going to be at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. That's officially it starts tomorrow night, uh, but the the two full days are right. Saturday and Sunday. There's like one speech I think tomorrow night, and then like a networking and event. There's going to be an Alt Expo room. Jack Schumack is. Oh, they're doing back at it. Good. His, uh, Alt Expo. I heard last night. So you don't need a ticket for Alt Expo. I that's think right. you just need to. I think we not know where to f- altexpo.com maybe. Uh, they used to have a website, and then I think they let it expire. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is, but you'll find it. Yeah, r- word will be getting around. Yeah, it's probably going to be over in the basement by the pool is where it was last year. Uh, so check out the Free State Project's Liberty Forum. You can go to their website, nhlibertyforum.com. We will look forward to seeing you there. So we were just talking about the national divorce, and that led to a conversation about the trucking industry and how... Uh, California just doesn't want to allow competition in truck driving. They've restricted the types of trucks to only the newer, most recent decade of trucks, which, of course, are the most regulated of all trucks, the most uh, inefficient of all trucks. You're exempt if you're a farmer or Mm -hmm. a recreational vehicle. So if you've got that same 1995 Peterbilt truck and you're hauling your camper with it, you're fine. You're fine. But if if you're hauling freight, nope. And then it's a criminal act, right. apparently. Yeah. So, uh, so you can comment on any of those things. The number here is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. We were talking about the Rasmussen poll that found thirty four percent of Americans are saying they think that the red and blue states need a national divorce. Now, you know, if I were called on this poll and asked this question, it would be a tough one for me to answer because 
I'm in favor of secession, but I don't know if I'm in favor of what Marjorie Taylor Greene described as a national divorce, which would leave the federal government intact and somehow divorce the red states from the blue states. It's not really clear exactly so, what that would so mean. making two countries? It, it, no, obviously it wouldn't be two countries, right? Because if there's one federal government oh, of course, yeah. overarching over both of these that properties. That sounds like more centralization versus actually, because we're all independent states, supposedly. And then, you know, making this a red-blue thing, that seems like all, you know, merging of states. It's so confusing. I don't even, th- I don't know if she knows what she's saying here, because what it sounds like is that, uh, yeah, that there would be even more, like, homogenization amongst, maybe there would be, like, a lefty government and a righty government over all of these states. Right. Who knows what exactly she she has in mind she's put down the crack pipe but she doesn't want to get rid of the federal government so therefore it's not real secession so i don't know if i would have to say i wasn't sure or if i agree or i disagree with this well she sounds like she doesn't want to get rid of her position of you know certainly not of a congressman but uh yeah the 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 whole idea so first off the states by themselves are sovereign individual nations anyways that's the way it's supposed to be but what happens act like it but what happens is there is you know the federal government is has essentially is bribing the states constantly with all kinds of money Mm -hmm. so like one of the biggest things with strings attached that 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 we could do is first off stop accepting the money right new hampshire has done it here and there but not often enough new hampshire i think is the only state that doesn't have a seatbelt law correct and there's Uh, always like a few million bucks the feds are dangling over us for that one so 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 the idea of just uh you know rejecting the federal money uh you know, there's like, here's a, a absurdity of more federal money. There's a guy, um, his name is Younger. I forget his first name, Thomas Younger. He was on uh, Tim Casta a couple weeks ago, and Jeff, Jeffrey Younger. Uh, and he was talking about how <clears throat> when the state, uh, when you go to divorce court or you go to custody hearings and the state awards child support, that for every dollar of child support the state awards in whichever direction, uh, they get reimbursed from the federal government, 66%. And in Texas, that money goes into what's called the um, judicial retirement fund, that 66% of whatever child support. So, Meaning that the verdict against whoever parents, so if yep. the dad has to pay $1,000 $1, a month, then the federal government pays... The, uh, the courts pays their pays your judicial retire judicial pension fund, I believe it's uh-huh. called, or retirement fund, pays them six hundred and sixty six dollars. That's insane. And so this is a major incentive. And and basically, what he was saying that this is probably happening in every single state. <clears throat> uh, just you know the, the same exact stuff because every federal offer that's made to one state, all these other states mm-hmm. get the same federal offer. You know, uh, it's just like with the DCYF stuff. Every time DCYF conducts an investigation on a family they get like a six thousand dollar check from the feds from the feds through from the um child safety whatever act from you know the clinton years this is a pretty messed up uh incentives here yes and again more reasons to walk away from this by the way since you mentioned the seatbelt thing uh it it's back every two years some statist authoritarian in the new hampshire either senate or uh, representatives puts forward Another seatbelt requirement bill, and so it's in the House right now. Uh, looks like they're going to have an executive session on it this week, so hopefully... So buckle up. Yeah, well, <laughs> hopefully they will uh, shoot this thing down in committee and then it won't. I mean, it never does pass, 
Although right now it's a pretty split house, meaning that there's just barely maybe one or two more Republicans than there are Democrats. And if enough Republicans or whatever Democrats don't show up on any given day, it can go one way or the other. So ho- hopefully this thing won't get you know through. What, you know what people should do? They should follow any of these uh, representatives out until they get to their car and see if they're buckling up when they leave. <laughs> well, they may just do it just for the cameras. So, but well, yeah, it's an, be, an be a little bit can- be candid, people. Yeah, yeah, I don't recommend following people around. Well, they're representatives. <laughs> yeah, and, you're and right. And they you're have right. they have representative badges on their plates. They sure do. Because they need to be known where they oh. are at all times okay. so that when we see them at the store, we're like, hey, do not support those seatbelt bills, and I'm going to make sure you're wearing your damn seatbelt because you don't be a hypocrite now, okay? That's the- <laughs> Yeah. I think it's an interesting, uh, that would be an interesting approach. And i got to agree with Joa on this one. I mean, these people are your so-called representatives. Yep. You absolutely have a right to follow them to their car. Uh, in fact, while they're in that car, that that license plate, that special state license plate, I forgot about plate, the license plate. Yeah, they it do um, gives them special permission. Actually, they're allowed to break the traffic laws when they are going to, I think, from the state house, definitely to the state house. Really? Yeah. So if they want to, if they want to go 100 miles an hour down a, a 55 mile an hour zone, Damn. they cannot be pulled over. Man, for I want to be a rep just so I can be like intentionally late every time and just like. <laughs> <laughs> in theory you can uh violate other laws too i think i don't yeah? know if it's just i don't know if it's just traffic laws it's like so, a, it's like a get out of jail free card to some extent yeah, but, but you it's can't, only when you're going to the state but you house. can't open carry on the floor <laughs> yeah that needs to change there's a lot that, there's a lot that's wrong with the new hampshire uh, sealed carry on the floor as a state rep i think they finally made it so you can okay. i think that was one of the things that the republicans that makes changed me feel back. better uh, but there's been they've been going back and forth on that for like the last 20 years. Like when the Democrats get in charge, they abolish concealed carry rights for state reps so on the sick. on the House floor. The people still have the right to carry. So if oh. if you were to go into the As Joe Schmo yes, citizen, yeah, yep. they can't stop you from going in okay. and carrying a gun. But and you could even open carry into the the yeah. house chamber. Huh. But they uh, the, the the actual reps themselves. I don't know if they're allowed to open carry, but I'm pretty sure that at this time they can. They have been able to resume concealed carry. It's almost like oh, the passengers can carry on this plane, but the pilots cannot. <laughs> Stewardess must be disarmed. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting place. I mean, some state houses actually have cops with metal detectors at the the front entrances. And you can't even you know can't, you know, can't get in there with a knife, let alone. Uh, let alone a gun. So New Hampshire is a really unusual and and free place by comparison. Uh, and hopefully we will see New Hampshire be the first state to leave. New Hampshire was the first to declare independence from the king back in the day, and it ought to be the first to declare independence from the federal gang. I'm okay well. with this. Yeah, let's go. Um, I don't know if there's much else to say here. They do point out that, of course, most of the Democrats are against the idea of, or at least. Marjorie Taylor Greene's idea of so-called national divorce. But the the wrong question is being asked here. The better question is, you know, what do people think about independence for their state? Not this whole let's team up with all the other blue states or with all the other red states, so-called national divorce. But what about the people of California? What do they think of CalExit, of the idea of California declaring independence, becoming its own little socialist nation, there I mean, obviously well, the, the at, red county ask a farmer like or yeah. ask a you know a, a city hipster riding his you know bicycle to um you know to go get his latte 
well, they're going to get a different answer. Get a different answer. Yeah. They're a socialist uh, state because they get the most money from the federal government. That's why they can be socialist. I actually was looking the other day about that. I think California is technically a donor state. It's a donor state. I think. I thought they don't pay an income tax, and they because they because the feds give them a lot of money. I that's just what I saw. I did not look deeply into it. I think it was it it qualified as just barely a donor state, meaning that they get back 99% of what they pay to the federal government. So they would have been a uh, non-donor state if they got back like over 100%, right? So Cal- what really needs to happen with California, a state like California, if it was, you know, like there's a, a movement for a Northern California, just like there's this, you know, greater Idaho, you know, movement to get folks, you know, in, in get the uh, Eastern Oregon Eastern counties or- yes. to join Idaho. Uh, <clears throat> Because pretty much everyone in rural, everyone in rural America everywhere is just not happy with their city, right? And their city politics. Uh, you know what we have? The cities are basically multicultural democracies, and you know rural America is you know really pretending to be a you know constitutional republic, um, which it's not. I mean, at least the evidence is you know what's going on with governments and stuff is showing that's not what's happening. But <clears throat> more of what I'd like to conversation to be is what are we going to do to fix this problem. Because the problem of big city well, uh, leftism versus the rural areas. Yeah, the problem of you know people, they, them, and those who want to tell us what to do, mm-hmm. uh, constantly coming against uh, you know me and my friends who want to be left alone, and and that's sort of a way a lot of a rural America really feels is that they're constantly being encroached on sure. by the city. I mean, that's true. They're absolutely paying taxes to support the city people. I mean, yep. you don't know how many st- stories of. F- you know massachusetts farmers that had these big beautiful farms in the 50s 60s and 70s of you know uh whatever and then the cities just grow up around them and they basically so now the guy's got a whole bunch of neighbors that are like we don't like to smell your cows and, and they're and basically Dude, I was the guy here gets first. run out of town right <laughs> uh you know this is why i i seen somewhere in new york they're building a development uh, right down the road and this guy puts up this big old sign and it says notice farm animals um you know they uh, they they poop right in front of you. They um, <laughs> they have sex. They uh, they smell. They yeah, make they noises at inconvenient hours. Uh, you know this farm's been here for two hundred years, and you know we were here first, and right. you know it's something like that. And, and on a hot summer day, it smells like s h i t. You mm. know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't and, know if you can say that, but you just did. Oh, sorry. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. I, that one I'm not sure of. But anyway, go on. But anyways, so um, the uh, so so anyways that you know this the thing is 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 a solution is like I said last week the cities are really polluted and people are being raised in these polluted environments mm-hmm. and then their brains are being polluted by internet devices and then they're being further polluted and indoctrinated you know into public school systems and it's like if you really love your 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 children don't put them in public schools don't don't let them sit with an internet device in front of them, mm-hmm. you know, especially while they're little. I mean, you could probably, you know, the, like that first six years, no internet device is super crucial, I think. Now, I don't and, think that you're wrong about that, but there's also some people who want to force that on yeah, Oh, people. absolutely. Uh, this Vivek guy. Those. I don't know if you've heard this Vivek character, this guy that's uh, running for Republican Yes, I was president. there for his announcement, actually. Oh, you actually went to, yeah. to this What's guy? What do you want to force but, now? Uh, he wants to force 
young people to not go on social media. He wants okay. to yeah. uh, mandate that anybody that is under the age of 16 or 15 baloney right there. Uh, would not go on. At the same time, at the other side of his mouth, he's saying, I believe in freedom. And then he says, however. Right. Right. <laughs> no, absolutely. So I like, could tell he was a snake in the boots. Oh, right, he's scum. Right away. I could just tell because, you know what? Uh, it, he's trying to like reach the crowd here and yeah. he did a great job but then he starts speaking and I'm like I don't agree with anything this guy's saying like he says like these you know uh key words like uh we got to end this wokeness like no you don't let people be woke you just you know don't allow it to be in the law I don't know yeah he's pa- he's totally pandering to people which is what a politician's going to do uh, and he also wants to bring the war on drugs to Mexico and literally drop bombs on the, oh my the cartels. God. And the Jeez. guy is insane. He's a total psychopath. But, you know, the, like, the problem is, is it's like they're also trying to swing the left-right pendulum really hard. I mean, the left has gone so far left that most of its original organic base does not agree with it. Mm-hmm. You t- I, pretty much every lefty I know... Is like you know not cool with the sexualization of children. Not cool with the you know the whole um you know the left is pushing you know you're not cool unless you had an abortion or two you know kind of thing <laughs> you know like um and then what happens is you start getting these people on the right they're like oh if you're really gonna shove it down my throat then I want to ban it you know mm-hmm. so and and the same thing is like all this internet stuff is it, and so we know now that like you know literally the FBI has infiltrated every social media. You know, yeah, oh, yeah. And, and we, the and, Twitter files and, are showing there's just, a tr- tremendous level of government involvement behind the scenes. We and and, and we know that um, government uh, entities, money, forces, ideology was behind the development of all this stuff. Um, you know, they the government's been giving Google and Amazon and all these huge big tech powerhouses like mega contracts for all kinds of things uh, or subsidies or whatever. And they're uh, they're just in bed together. We have, you know, clearly what, what we have is a fascist system right now by mm-hmm. definition. These guys are working hand in hand. And then so now you're getting a lot of people that are really just so upset that this pendulum has swung so far uh, to the left. That's the left here. And um, and and then my concern is, is that it's going to swing so hard to the right to where you're going to get some guy in there. It's like, oh. We got to be like China and limit, you know, your TikTok time to forty-five minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, it, which, we had a caller that called in was, uh, uh, oh no, that, that was a um, slideshow. I did a guy that's living in China. He goes, that doesn't happen. Everybody just uses a VPN <laughs> <laughs> and they can TikTok all they want. Yeah. You know, all the yeah, kids. Figures. He's like, so that that that's baloney. Um, and he didn't say VPN. He said something else, but it's like a VPN. Yeah. But anyways, uh, <clears throat> but we we really, you know, it's. If the if America's not a freer place in twenty years or in a generation or in, it's our fault, sure it is. Uh, you know, it's just the people who are alive right now who are making the decisions. Uh, a guy literally said something about if you could go back to two thousand nine and you could only bring one piece of knowledge with you, what would it be? And I knew he was looking for the answer to be cryptocurrency or Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, the knowledge would be don't let your kids use Internet devices. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you make that choice so your kids don't grow up to be algorithmic slaves. But in today's economic times and the fact that governments made everything so difficult and just just inflating the money and making it basically that, 
you know, you know, marriage is not popular among Americans anymore. And, you know, lifetime commitments and things like that are not popular. Divorces are like all time highs. People aren't getting married. The, the single parent like thing is an academic, an epidemic. That's the real epidemic is, you know, single moms, you know, something mm-hmm. like 23% of the children in America are, are being, you know, 85% of those are being raised by a single mom, but they're single parent families. And there's a, um, and basically, the the problem with the mom, the thing with the mom is, yet on most situations, has almost no choice but to get on a dole, get on a government system, yep. you know, take that welfare check. Uh, at least that's what she feels. Uh, so then, and and there are a lot of those guys that are the ones that are, um, you know, I'm and not who needs a them. man when you got a government check? And then, and then, you know, Wait, that is the man. The internet, <laughs> <All> right? <laughs> uh, you know, the internet device he can't hold you though. Has oh. become the babysitter. You know, yeah. the internet devices become the babysitter, and it's and it's warping a lot of brains. But no, I don't think it should be banned. I don't agree no. with you know that that thing that hard. But uh, there's just a lot of government incentive out there to essentially you know like tablets are almost nothing. In fact, uh, there's uh, welfare programs where you get your kid his own tablet when oh they're two God. years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody was telling me about it. I almost believe that was. Well, California, it's like outside the grocery know. store is they like yeah free phone and I'm like I just like was curious. I wasn't going for it, but I was like, what kind of phone do you get? And they're like showing me a phone. It's like nicer than mine. I'm like, what do you have I to do bought, to get it? I bought this for a thousand dollars. You just sign up, you get a free phone. For what? And it's like they, they literally were getting like thirty gigabytes a month. Wait, what do you mean for what? So it's just a phone company. It's a that's subsidized selling? Obama phone. Oh, it's a government phone. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And I was like, thirty gigabytes. Holy cow! You should be like the wow. homeless people. Homeless population should be starting a revolution with thirty gigabytes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, well, they're not going to start a revolution no. if they're given the free drugs, yeah, free phones. I mean, you know, I mean, you really want to see an upset? Shut off the Wi-Fi in your house and see what your kids do. Now, oh, yeah. imagine they're if the Wi-Fi up. if the Wi-Fi didn't work with all the people in the city, oh, and there's no more Wi-Fi. What would people do without their social media drug and start Great having point. withdrawals? It's like when electricity goes out, and then you know you see these like all these really pale people coming out of their house houses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you know the uh, oh I'm homeless, but man, I can Facebook. You know, I can go over here to the you know to the to the charging you know area with my phone, uh, or you know how are these guys all charging their phones? These homeless guys because they all have. I see them. They're like you know I'm homeless and it's a sign and they're scrolling through their phone. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's crazy. Now to go back to the question you'd asked earlier, Jay, about like well, what do you do about the rural areas versus the city areas? Because secession on its own doesn't solve that problem. You still have you know, like if New York secedes into its own country you still have that division where the people in the upstate are fighting with the people in the in the cities yep so how do you really deal with that i mean any kind of maybe recarving like with uh greater idaho which is proposing to take in the eastern oregon counties into idaho and apparently idaho's legislature i think just voted for this yeah, so I heard that. it's yep. actually moving forward so far now the question is what's the oregon legislator go- uh, legislature going to do and that remains to be seen but if indeed there's a uh, you know enough of a movement for this these changes to happen it isn't impossible to change state borders. I mean, it can be done. I think the, the only downside is it would require the federal government to approve it. So I think that's the only issue with the current status quo is both the state legislatures, both of them have to approve it, and then I think it has to go before Congress to get their approval for it, and that could be where uh, where it goes down in flames. But if there's an actual discussion of a natu- uh, national divorce, maybe that's the time at which 
border shifting can be done, recutting and and retooling borders, maybe giving up the idea of 50 states and having more states, having, you know, Illinois divvied up into Chicagoland and the rest of it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that could be one. It's a kind of a political way to handle it. But I think the more immediate way to handle it, at least from our perspective, is for libertarians to migrate to New Hampshire. Absolutely. Because yep. the big city, quote unquote, here is Manchester, and it only and has really, like 125,000 yeah, people. And it's probably one of the, the nicest cities that I've ever lived in. I don't really like living in the city, but I, it's actually not that bad. It really isn't. But the point is the population is very low, and so you right, actually right. still have the chance to make a difference in a smaller city like that. It's still yeah. blue, right? Like the cities in New Hampshire, for the most part, vote Democrat. So that is still, that's that problem still kind of exists here. But I know that in Keene, if you had 100 people voting in a primary, you could elect absolutely anybody, 100 people per ward. So 500 people across the city, you could throw an election in a primary any direction you wanted to. Wow. Uh, so, you know, it can be done with enough Liberty Movers coming here to New Hampshire. Let's we got go, more people. coming up here. Hour two's on the way. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, and we're kicking off the second hour of the show. The number, if you want to join us here, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. One lady in New Jersey who was fighting eviction from her home decided if she can't have it, no one can. And she set her own home on fire with her inside of it. Oh, boy. Uh, we'll share that story here uh, coming up here. Your calls and thoughts are welcome here tonight. It's Ian. Jay. And Joa. We go back to your phone calls and thoughts. And then Jay's going to be going to court on Monday. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, but Ricky is on the line in Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Ricky. Thank you there, brother Ian, brother Jay, and brother Joa. Yes, sir. What's on it. your mind tonight, Ricky? Well, I think you already know, brother Ian. First off, before I go into that, I will say Congresswoman Green is an opportunistic jackass, really doesn't know what the hell she's talking about, and really doesn't care. She just wants to keep her job. That being said, that on with tonight. Uh, what would it take for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to secede? Well, that's the easiest part. Uh, if it's achievable. It's in our history. That's the good news. We almost seceded and enjoyed the Confederacy in 1863. In the 90s... When you say almost, what does that mean? Well, uh, it's documented. There's actually an archive on the internet. The woman died, but somebody else took it over, of all the documentation from the Civil War. And there's letters and all that stuff from the legislature. They were so close to blowing it away, you can't get any closer. There's a lot of rebel flags in... um... Uh, Pennsylvania, I've noticed. I used to travel hmm. down there a lot, and I do recall. And you'll see, it, like the the New Holland sales stable is big uh, livestock auction I used to go to, and you'd quite often see like a lot of Rebel flag stickers on, you know, just a lot of the pickup trucks out there and stuff. Yeah. Well, anyways, and then there was a, a, a more another serious discussion where it came very close in the '90s, where it led to the Independent Sovereignty Act. And then there was a week when in the 2000s, that don't mean much. But now when it comes to actually doing it, what you would need, and this has a lot to do with the way Pennsylvania works within the government, the way it always has, 
you would need, first off, at least 60% of registered voters. That's first of all. Second of all. And what would that do? What would 60% of the registered voters be able to accomplish? That's what I'm getting at. Okay. Yeah, when you get that amount of people want to do something, in, things happen. What would then happen is uh, the House, the PA House, they would vote. They would vote. I'll tell you what, Ian, you had that kind of pull on that, the House would blow it away, the U.S. Constitution. Now, what about the Senate? Though? Blow what away? Sorry, not clear on what you're saying there. The U.S. Constitution. They'd blow it away? I use that terminology. The, so the House would vote, you think, to uh, succeed from the United States is what you're saying, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Now, would then, you want to keep Philadelphia in that deal, or would you want to partition them away as to their own state? Because apparently some people have proposed that oh, Philly I'm, should... Yeah, I'm getting to that, Ian. You okay. read my mind. All right. But I will say the Senate wouldn't play a role in this uh, because they, their role is completely irrelevant. Uh, the only thing you'd have to have is Governor Shapiro, and he would go along with it also. Well, why would so the now, Senate be irrelevant? I mean, most places well, it has be, to go through because, both houses. Well, because when it comes down to, that's exactly what happened in South Carolina. It was just the legislature. It wasn't the House. I mean, it wasn't the Senate. The Senate's irrelevant. They'll be happy just to keep their job. But has anybody actually proposed such a thing? I mean, I have not heard anything. I mean, I'm not going to say I've got my ear the closest to the ground as far as secession news in other places, but I would think we would have heard something by now. And we hear about Texas. We hear about California. uh, Every now and then, Vermont, there's a little peep there, Hawaii, but there's there's not much else. The last serious attempt would be there was a serious one next to 1863 was in the 90s. What would it, what would what did that amount to? That was a serious discussion, Ian. In fact, Congressman Cartwright was part of that. He was actually asked at the time what would happen to him. He said he would have no problem with it. He he would be out of a job. But are there um, any organizations? I mean, is there any kind of Pennsylvania secessionist movement? Is there any website? Is there uh, any? There has been. There has been. But in the but case there's not. Of the 90s, what you're saying that, is there aren't any. There's nothing right now. Is what you're saying. Right, but like in the case of the 90s, that was just amongst the people mm-hmm. in general. But anyways, back to what I was saying. Uh, so that would be that. Now, the post part. Oh, and there's one other thing. We would strip, just like South Carolina, any references to the state out of our Constitution. In our case, we only have two, Section 21 and one other one. Well, back you mean you, when you say strip it out, you mean you would change it to, like, the nation of Pennsylvania instead of the state of? Well, now, yeah, in our case, you would just... I know in the case of Section 21, you would just say, uh, I don't know what you would do with that. Maybe just take it out. Just ta- or just take it out completely. It would be stand fine, you know? Okay. Take so the, you were going to say uh, for after secession, you have some, right. sort of, now, some thoughts? Right. Now, this is the interesting part. Now, that's easy enough. Now, uh, people well, like Congressman Cartwright, who's already spoken, he would be out of a job. But he, would be, he already spoke that he'd be fine with that. I'm sure we would find something for him to do. Uh, I could see that probably, like Governor Shapiro, our new governor, uh, he would just become the president, you know? Mm -hmm. There would be no reason why not, you know? And then in the case of uh, Section 21, I would see that that would just become absolute. The Republicans would definitely want that, and I'd be for it myself. 
I don't know what Section uh, 21 is. You keep referencing it. People have a right to bear arm in defense of themselves and the state to still be questioned, but that'd probably change a little bit, you know? In you, the you think that the right to bear arms would be restricted in a uh, independent Pennsylvania? Is that what you're saying? Oh, I think it would become absolute with no regulation. Oh, okay. So you're saying you think it would get better? It would be complete. Case. Everybody, just like okay. I would want it. People right. that have crazy. Well, I wish you the best, Ricky. I really hope it works out for you. I thank you for the call tonight. Yeah, but good it luck, man. It doesn't sound like there's really a lot going on down there. Uh, as far as this goes, I can't find anything. You put you put in Pennsylvania uh, secession into an internet search, and you know all you get is stuff regarding the Civil War. You know, so there's not there doesn't seem to be anything that's happening uh, fresh, at least that uh, that's jumping out at me here. Now, apparently, according to a Wikipedia article that uh, covers a bunch of different past secessionist movements, there was apparently a time about 2015. When Southern Tier uh, New York counties were actually looking to leave New York and apparently join Pennsylvania. Oh, I never heard of that. So, yeah, I hadn't heard that either, but that apparently. Oh, yeah. So, when you say Southern Tier, so you're basically talking about the line from like far west New York to, um, you know, sort of where it starts to drop down and be like the New York City area. That's what I'm if guessing. If you're looking at here, a yeah. map, there's all those counties there. I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, I, I presume it, it didn't go anywhere, but they were looking at the difference here. Quote, we're comparing the taxes in Pennsylvania compared to those in New York, uh, said one of the organizers. There's a great, great difference. Right now we're being deprived of work, jobs, and incomes by simply being the political structure known as the state of New York. But, uh, yeah, I guess it didn't work out for them. New York just looks rough. The last time I drove through New York, mm-hmm. and, and, and that was kind of a thing a lot of times I would – you know, go to New York and then, you know, drive through New Hampshire. And But, like, compared to, like, Western Mass and New Hampshire, there's just a lot. There's, like, a lot of abandoned houses. There's a lot oh, of yeah. farms falling down. Just, you know, equipment just sitting in fields, stuff growing around it, a bunch of beautiful, productive fields that haven't been worked in a while. It, 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 and then there's just, um, it, yeah, there's a lot of decrepit places in upstate New York. I feel like, you know, a lot of people leave. A lot of the middle class is being choked out with overregulation and just taxation, so they end up just joining the beast. I was doing some uh, actually show prep research. I was trying to find, trying to figure out how many um, uh, abandoned bank owned houses there are in the United States because we talked about it on Free Talk Live uh, when I was on in like 2019, and at that time it was like 1.8 million houses, <clears throat> and it was like you know, and there was like a some Federal Reserve report. Somehow I got distracted by YouTube, and there's this guy where he just films all these like abandoned mansions and abandoned communities, whole neighborhoods, like decently like looking houses, you know, stuff that was built in the seventies and eighties, um, totally abandoned. And he's a YouTuber and he's like, how come nobody wants to, how come there's all these abandoned, um, mansions? Like they got drone footage of these beautiful mansions that like nobody's been there for like five or six years, wow. all Illinois. And he's like, nobody wants to live in Illinois. Like, cause right. you no rich person this. sure does want right. to live there. Right. So anybody could afford to first off build that house and then pay the taxes and to maintain it is like, Oh, I'm just going to go Screw somewhere it. else. And <clears throat> that, uh, abandoned home number in Illinois, like dramatically increased, um, like the, since 2020 because so many people just bailed wow. and left. Can't blame them. Yeah. I mean, that's the best thing you can do. I mean, to go back to what we were talking about uh, before is to get out from those places where there's such a discrepancy between the rural and the urban areas. Whereas here in New Hampshire, the biggest city is 125,000. So you still have a shot at having an influence in a, in a place like that. And that's why the Free State Project 
is having success. That's why we were just uh, you know talking again today about this uh, this documentary series that NBC Boston has done. Have you guys seen these? I have not yet? had a chance have, to watch. Yeah. It. You've seen the whole thing. Well, Joe, well, well it, those that uh, parts the that are available. Episodes, yes. There's eight now. Oh, there's, there's one. Eight? That, yeah, there's a fresh one Ooh. that came out on Monday. Ooh, uh, they did the, the they did the Grafton episode on Monday. Oh, so, exciting! Yeah, it was pretty. It's a pretty interesting thing. We did actually play the first episode here a couple weeks ago. Maybe we'll, we'll play another one here uh, at some point. But I know Jay, you wanted to talk about the court system and DCYF, and there's a yep. situation uh, involving your wife. Who has been targeted? Of course, you by proxy. I mean, your your family's being being targeted sure. here uh, by the the government goons in New Hampshire. And there's a court hearing that's uh, slated for Monday morning. Monday morning. It's right after yep. uh, Liberty Forum wraps up. Yeah, that's right after Liberty Forum. In fact, uh, I don't know if any, I, I'm not making it to Liberty Forum this year. Hopefully, some people that are going to be there can sort of remind people about it or say something about it. That'd be cool. Yeah, uh, if you're in New Hampshire, I'll visiting, say something. Yeah, if you're visiting but, in New Hampshire, this is something to do. You know, so, yeah. come on out. Activism to right. support. Do a little activism it, before you go home. It'd be nice to fill up the courtroom. The courtroom is at 32 Clinton Street, Concord, New Hampshire. It's basically right off of exit two off of Interstate 89. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a mile and a half down the road on yep. the left, essentially. Easy to find it. Yeah. Yep, easy Bring to your find. cameras. And uh, the charge is uh, childhood endangerment. <clears throat> And this is was, that a felony or a misdemeanor? It is a class B misdemeanor, I think. Okay, that means no uh, jury trial if it's a class B. Okay, and yeah. Um, so yeah, we have a motion to, to dismiss uh, prepared, and I'm gonna, you know, attempt to be my wife's counsel. Uh, we'll see okay. how that goes. And now they call that, I think, a attorney in fact up here, if I recall correctly. I I don't know if there's different. I've rules. heard that term before. Yeah, I don't know if there's different rules for couples for husband and wife um you know maybe you won't have to jump through the the hoops but i know that there's a rule in new hampshire that allows anyone who wants to represent another person in court to do so uh with but with the court's yep. permission of yep. course and so you gotta agree to like and, dress nice and, and i'm not looking to represent rules. anybody yeah uh, what's that mean just oh, represent, re- represent best i can tell it means to represent so these lawyers essentially represent you and lawyers really can't actually defend you. They just represent you uh, because it's all a fictional system, all of this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, a- a- everything that's involved with it. And uh, But anyways, this stems from, uh, you know, last last March, uh, my uh, my wife uh, ran into a store in Concord, New Hampshire, and uh, left the car running, you know, with the climate control on. And, you know, my daughter, two-year-old daughter was, you know, had uh, just fallen asleep for her nap. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she strapped a baby on. Well, she got the baby out of the out of the car seat, breastfed him, strapped him on, ran into the store, came back out to some busybodies, uh, had to change the baby again and breastfeed him more, and uh, finally um, got out of there. And then, <clears throat> but there was a wait, wait, wait. There, she came out of the store, and there were busybodies busy at her bodies car that called cops because they saw a, was the a cop the there at that point. Uh, I believe the cop had like just arrived, mm. um, and. Uh, but the, you know, my daughter was, you know, strapped into the star- car seat mm-hmm. safely. She was asleep. Uh, kids sleep wicked good in a car, if yeah. anybody knows that. She's not getting out. She's strapped in. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, right out, right outside the the store door. <clears throat> and uh, so then a um, social worker starts harassing us and they come to our yard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or, she was know, not arrested, though. No, not arrested. Okay. Uh, 
and they have signs everywhere. If you see pets or, do- uh, or pets or children in cars, call nine one one immediately. Really, I've never yep. seen one of those. Yeah, they're signs. all over a whole bunch of places in Mount Manchester. I, I huh. got a picture of one on my phone. Um, <clears throat> and anyways, the uh, uh, so I you know I tell these social workers you know we don't want nothing to do with you. Leave us alone. And they send um, so. Uh, you know, the local cops get involved because these guys got this order from family court, which basically is an order for a social worker to go do an investigation, come visit the home, inspect the premise. They wanted, But they know, like to have a cop with them to intimidate the people into letting them inside. Right? Uh, yeah. And from. Uh, yeah. So that's a whole different story, too. This is why it's a really good reason to, like, know your local cops. Um, just introduce yourself to your local chief of police. Let them know who you are. Let them know you're. Oh, you don't like me. No, no, no. Your um, <laughs> intentions are honorable, uh, you know. And I, and I, and I did. I actually gave him one of uh, Etne um, De La Boot squared red line cards, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that oh, he nice. Does. And you know, the, the thick red line was kind of court, sort of, you know, kind of explains uh, that you know the police are to protect the people, and you know, don't pass this, you know, don't cross the thick red lines kind of thing. There's like a website and some mm-hmm. resources. Um, when I saw him one day a few years ago, but anyways, uh, you know, DCYF, uh, they, they go get this order from family court and they act and they say that the Henniker police department, you know, told them that my, my house was like a, a compound with, um, you know, lookouts and that I'm dangerous and that I'm anti-government. This is what DCYF said. The police told them in an affidavit mm-hmm. filed in a court that I have a signature on. Uh, you know, so it's a sworn affidavit, affidavit wow. by a um, a social worker, mm-hmm. and then um, the uh, chief of police, he's like, "Hey, I want to talk to you about this." You know, these guys, you know, my guys didn't tell him that. Oh, that's interesting. So I just got a public records request. Well, you should be able to ask about that under oath then in court. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a well, and I so I got all a, I did a, a right to know request for all the emails between. Uh, you know, police department and um, DCYF, you know, yeah. concerning, you know, my family. And uh, I, I meant to bring them to the studio tonight so we could read some of them. Oh, but, you got them? Uh, I, I got them. I didn't bring them. They're at home. Yeah. I didn't bring them. But yeah, so next week I, I, I want to get into that. And Oh, interesting. You know, but basically the chief of police is like, you know, I, I went there. I met with the family. Uh, I looked at the, you know, I looked behind the ears, you know, and you know, of the kids. And he, he, he gave his description about both my son and my daughter and how there was no visible mm-hmm. dirtiness on them. They weren't dirty. You know, he named all this stuff off and he, and you know, he kind of under, you know, stood what to look for. Yeah. And then he told, and he tells DCYF, these kids are not neglected or abused. Hmm. And they're like, well, we don't care. We need to investigate, investigate. And, and while this is going on, I'm telling the chief police, I go, you know why they're doing this is because they want the federal money. Hmm. D- so what, what keeps, um, and well, one of the things I'm starting to learn about, and actually, uh, Joe, I meant to talk to you about this today, but I'll just say it here in the air. I would really like to find someone who understood about like municipal bonds, government mm-hmm. bonds, uh, because what I'm, well, I've done a little research, and what I'm under the impression of is that all of the money that's collected essentially by the taxpayers goes first to service the pension funds of the state, of all the employees, the state, county, city, town, village, hmm. blah, 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 federal government. But, uh, and so this is very true in many states, especially uh, California, um, where the pension systems are like uh, very upside down and sort of insolvent mm-hmm. because, you know, who's running the government pensions is but a bunch of rookies, 
you know, anybody who's like a really good investor. Yeah, not the people that are retired. <laughs> anybody who's like a really, you know, high end, really good investor is not working on government pensions. You know, they're working for big companies mm-hmm. that are going to pay them out well or whatever, or, you know, millionaires. So, and, and, and so the pension system is taking all the money first and then whatever money's left over is going to infrastructure. So like, this is why like, you know, in, uh, Henniker and Ware, New Hampshire, cost you know literally nineteen thousand eight hundred dollars a year per student to go to school, mm. and like something like all that, like a big, massive amount of that money. I'm speculating maybe more than half of it is going to just fund pensions. Wouldn't surprise so, me. So, like I was saying, with um, you know, the federal government is supporting the judicial pension of the Texas judiciary uh, with the child support scheme. You know, mm-hmm. kicking in six. You know giving a 66% incentive, according to Jeff Younger. Uh, you guys should check out Jeff Younger's thing. It's, it, it's you know, a little, it's, it's, it's pretty scary how his, the, the, this poor guy, his uh, 10-year-old son he can't see, and he his ex-wife is wanting the kid, to, is pushing the kid to transgender into a girl, and they move to California, and he's like, my son does not want to be a girl, and they mm. want to do, like, you know, hormones and all kinds of stuff on the kid. Um, it's crazy. It is crazy. And so anyways, um, getting back to, um, like if there's someone who could like look into this pension system and, 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 and sort of like, you know, some kind of accountant, um, I, uh, you know, I'd really like to sort of have some evidence to be, to show people how they're getting duped, uh, you know, especially on their taxes. Cause you know, we're not getting what we're paying for. You know, you got people all over the place that are paying ten to twelve thousand dollars a year in property taxes in New Hampshire, and and people are like that's all you're paying for property taxes. Mine's twenty four thousand dollars. Yeah, a guy tell me. Oh yeah, it, it it it's insane what the property taxes are, and uh, <clears throat> you can just go look in almost any rural town anywhere and see there's a bunch of properties that are you know delinquent in taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you know, w- w- with uh, but anyways, I'm digressing too much. Back to this. Um, Back to this uh, DCYF stuff. You so, know, a quick uh, records request. You know, just do a records request. Uh, show me a list of all the people collect, collecting pensions uh, in this town. Okay, know? yeah, that's why I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about this. But yeah, it'll be fascinating because there's probably people. Uh, heck, there's probably dead people on that list. But I wouldn't be surprised. Like, and mm-hmm. there's probably people that shouldn't be on that list of pension so, collection. Mm-hmm. Who knows? So, anyways, all these guys that work for the state very well uh, are going to, you know, fight. And they're going to work to make sure their pension is solvent. Yeah, they are. And, and so these DC, so these social workers and everybody in DCYF, every interaction they do with families and stuff, they get a big chunk of money from the feds. So this order literally said on it that a police officer, a, 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 a social worker, a parole officer, and someone else, you know, could do this, like interview the kid and inspect the premises to like make sure it's safe. So I was so I said that a cop, you know, sort of against m- sort of against my will. My wife really wanted to do this. Uh, let's just let the the local chief of police and his lieutenant, who is a biological mother of a couple of kids, and has been with her, you know, husband, the father of the kids. You know, they're still married, and the chief of police has a couple of kids, and he's still with the mom. You know, so these are good, like organic families, uh, and and they're, and they're law enforcement. And according to this order, they could do this. So I suggested that the chief of police can do this. And I was very adamant about saying, I do not want a DCYF employee here because I do not want DCYF getting its federal money. Okay. That was my big motivation. And also, I'm not- Because they get a uh, kickback if they just get to talk to the kid, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they get a kickback if they do any of that stuff on that order. And mm-hmm. to have DCYF do this, you actually got to 
from what I understand, I haven't seen his paperwork, but this is what some people do. They're like, oh, I had that done, and I agreed to it, and then I had to sign a whole bunch of documents authorizing them to talk to my daughter, authorizing them to um, Nothing uh, good do, can come from it. So DCYF says, no, the police can't do this. I want to continue with the story here in moments. Your calls and thoughts also welcome. we got Jay Noon here. Uh, he's going to court with his wife for a DCYF attack on their family on Monday. And uh, you, can, you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. show here the number 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 it's ian j and joe here in the studio tonight i do want to say thank you to robbie who's a silver supporter of our amps program amp stands for advertise market promote and support it's a way for you to get behind what we do here at free talk live which is uh, spreading the message of freedom and liberty peace cryptocurrency the things we talk about regularly here on uh, broadcast radio, on podcast, on live streaming, satellite, you name it. We do a lot of different ways to get this show into your ears. And if you appreciate the work that we do, then please join AMPS, uh, as Robbie has done over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. We're going to continue with your story here in a moment, Jay, but I want to get into uh, these calls. we got Frank on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Frank. Oh, hey, Ian. Hey, I want to talk about Free State Project, but, I, but before that, I just want to uh, ask Jay or find out if Jay, if he cooperated with the CPS and allowed them to interview his kids or even not interview him without a court order. Oh, I, I, even with their court order, I would have told them to, you know, um, <clears throat> prove it. Prove that I'm a slave. Prove their kids belong to me. I mean, my kids belong to them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, and, and even... I was going to get back into that, and some of the documents I was reading today, so they actually got a contempt charge against me. And really? The, and and the, so the first order orders a police officer to do this, doesn't order me or my wife to do anything, and then the mm-hmm. second order orders me and says that the, from this what court? Family court. Okay. Which I would, and they have all this stuff ex parte. Mm-hmm. So what happened is, to make a long story short, <clears throat> as I said to the chief of police, yeah, I'll, I'll let you, I'll do the, uh, I'll let you and your lieutenant, do, you know, do this. Uh, and the DCYF and, said no. And the um, chief's like, okay, I'll ask him about it. <clears throat> so he comes back a couple of days later and he says, you know, I emailed them and they uh, they told me that I, I wasn't qualified to do this, <laughs> which which offended the guy, mm-hmm. you know, and, he, and, and his... Um, and one of his, his his officer that that we agreed that would could be part of this, uh, you know, has like um, experience in sort of like social worker type line of work. Um, you know, his female lieutenant, uh, <clears throat> and like so, they're like the qualifications are there, and the order even allows for this. I mean, you know, let's just you know, I'm just trying to be peaceful and come to the table with you know something because you start you know internet searching you know dcyf and the horrible stuff they've done is it, it, it actually you, you make you want to throw up it'll make you sick mm, sure uh, what happens with these uh with this with this agency anyways um so yeah the, there was never they never came to my house well they came but so I that was where leave. that ended but where did, where did you find out about this contempt order i mean oh the the chief of uh, uh police uh, calls me up he goes you know they well, actually, I found out about the contempt order after the uh, chief of police motioned the court to vacate the order. 
Hmm. Because so for in another affidavit, the uh, social workers claimed that. Uh, so we actually went and met with the chief of police at the local breakfast place. We we go there like once a month. Uh, nice little pancake house is mm-hmm. called right in Henniker, and um, it's uh, it's a really great restaurant. And um, you know we've been you know my kids been going there their entire lives, and uh, they write in this report that I just allow my kid to just run out the parking lot, <laughs> and. And uh, th- so I went and I met the, with the police chief of police there while the social workers are sitting in their car watching us, which we didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. at the time. And they they said that my kid just like ran outside the restaurant. And this is why they have to interfere and they have to, you know, come in. And um, but meanwhile, they're like, oh, no, the police can't go see if you know can't go inspect the place. So this is why th- the uh, Henniker Police Department put a actual did a motion to vacate the contempt charge because they just lied in their affidavit. And then they said, you know, that the police said that this happened, you know, that uh, our, our one saying, I let the kid run out and, and there's a patio behind this uh-huh. uh, place. It's like a, it's like a 12 foot by like 30 something foot patio with like a, you know, a 42 inch wall, you know, fence around it. It's all, okay. you know, fenced in. And um, <clears throat> so, yeah, my, my daughter would, you know, I'd let her walk around because we're done eating dinner and she's a two-year-old and, you right. know, doesn't want to sit there. And I would just, she'd walk out the door and I'd follow her out the door. We'd walk around a little bit and just follow around and then go back in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of our normal routine. Um, you know, especially when I take the kids out to the restaurant, I don't want to just, you know, take them out of the high chair and stick them in the, you know, in the car seat. We, we let them go move and play. And a lot of times what we do in the summertime at that place is we run around on the grass in the front yard. Okay. You know, it's just a nice little place. So just to clarify, they were motioning to vacate the contempt order against you or yes. against them? No, no. The contempt order was against me for me and Shallon, my wife and I. And How can so the police motion they to... They did a motion to interfere. Huh. Inter, uh, intervene? Intervene, yes. And yeah, I just I just got the stuff today and read through it You know, huh. before I came here. Um, the I did a right to know request. And was request. it granted? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. it, it was granted. Right, well, and um good. Because you know, basically the the chief police is like these guys are wrong, and hmm. he 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 said to him multiple times that these kids are not not being abused and they're not being neglected, okay. and they're clean. And I just read all his emails to these, and and it's like four different lawyers within DCYF that he's talking to, and he's like having sort of a difficult time based on what I read, even communicating with these guys because what bu- what bureaucrats love doing it doing is just kicking it to the other bureaucrat sure you Pass know the yes, yeah. you know poop yeah. runs downhill and that's what the, the, the way these bureaucracies work because anyone who's working in these government positions is just generally lazy especially the bureaucratic ones it, you know it's like so um, but just to clarify on monday the prosecution is coming from concord police yes. or dcyf concord police so dcyf police. actually closed their case mm-hmm. and right after they closed the case um there's there's all of a sudden a warrant out for my wife's arrest mm-hmm. crazy like they don't even send a notice in the mail, like they just put a warrant out for your arrest. And sure, they, they sort of did they want to make life as difficult as possible. And 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 luckily, the way we found out about the warrant was you know just a a, a traffic um, uh, stop, mm-hmm. and uh, the police officer's like, oh, there might be a warrant out for your arrest, but she's like, and then and then the police officer's like, well, um, let me go find out about this, and I'll get you the paperwork, and you know didn't didn't arrest didn't my arrest wife. her. No. Wow. But the, the, there's no point in doing that. It's not like, you know, they don't know where we are. And all they had to do was just mail us something, you know, to even just, like, appear, which that was, you know, pretty, you know, um, unprofessional of them, you know. And, and, and they do that with a lot of people. Oh, mm-hmm. you mean like me? Yeah. 
Sure. Like me. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and and there's a whole... They could have just noticed me, too, but they had know, to raid like, the house. They could have just, like, called me up and be like, happy birthday. Instead, you know, they arrested me on my birthday. Yeah, yeah that's how they do things. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, Frank's on the line here oh, still. Frank, ahead, Frank uh, did you want to get to a question or something, or what? Yeah, I want. I have specific questions that I have for today, and I'd like specific answers, if possible, so we can move this along Do the best bit. we can. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, so you were charged with contempt, but that was dismissed because the, the police, police chief filed something. What was the contempt for? Failure to cooperate with the CPS or whatever they call it there? Basically, yeah. Okay. So you did not, like, allow them? You didn't allow nope. them to interview you? Allow them to interview your kids? Okay, that's nope. it. So they, they tried to get you for contempt, and that was thrown out. So now your wife has to go to court. What yep. is she going to court for? What is the alleged uh, violation? Or Child endangerment. Violation? And then that has to do with the kid in the car? Yep. I got gotcha. you. Okay. So basically it's kind of a punitive thing because you wouldn't cooperate. So now they're like, okay. Right, right, uh, right. You don't cooperate with us. We're we'll, uh, going to charge her with uh, child endangerment. Has she yep. been to court yet at all? Nope. So this will be a first appearance this arraignment. This arraignment. Yep. I got gotcha. you. Okay. That clears up uh, some of the questions I had. Excellent. Thank you. All right, Frank. I appreciate it. What about the Ian, Free State I'll, Project? Uh, I'll call back another time for the Free State Project. Right, go ahead with the question now. Oh, yeah, I'd like please, to hear it now, please. Like it. Yeah. Frank? You want, you want the Free State Project question? Yeah, yes. that's the reason you called, so let's hear about it. All right, if you got time. Uh, I'm impressed that you are still a big supporter, considering the fact that didn't they publicly throw you out of this Free State Project several years ago? No, they technically didn't. They uh, they just broke ties with Free Talk Live, and they prohibited me from attending their events. So they didn't cancel my membership or my, you know, whatever you want to call it. They, I don't think they call them members. I think they're participants. They didn't uh, terminate me or anything like that, but they did, uh, they did give me a verbal uh, lashing and restricted our abilities to broadcast from their events. And hey, I, yeah. just put it in perspective for you, and if you were here, you realize it too, is that everyone really loves Ian. Like, well, not absolutely. everyone. I mean, this is, I mean, we all have little niches, but There's like generally, everyone in the Free State Project moved men of sorts like seeing. Well, I, thanks. I appreciate that. It was a minority. A small minority of people were pushing against me and were threatening the Free State Project, and they said... They weren't going to vo- uh, volunteer anymore if they kept uh, doing any kind of business with, with Free Talk Live. And so they managed to get their way in that instance. And then the, the Porcupine Freedom Festival kind of took a, uh, took a dive as far as its attendance was concerned. Maybe that was a coincidence. Maybe, maybe it wasn't. But I never held any an animosity towards them over it. And I never uh, was you know, upset with them or anything like that. And Heck, you still pushed the Free State Project. Yeah, I still yeah. Pr- helped promote right. the, the, the migration here. And it seems like everything's been repaired. I think at this point, uh, I don't think officially we have any kind of deal with the Free State Project, and I doubt they're going to you know, enter into any kind of agreement like that with us, and there's no real reason for them. I mean, they made their 20,000 goal, and and that's that. Thank you, Ian. Um, <laughs> just we, kidding. You know, we, just helped, kidding. we helped a little no, bit No, you that. definitely were like the number one driver for people. You're the voice of, you know, that was promoting it. The but, most. you know, I'm, I'm back at their events. I'll be at the Liberty Forum this weekend. I've been at the Porcupine Freedom Festival uh, with the exception of the year I got arrested. Uh, in 2021, I've been at the Pork Fest in night 2019, 2020, right. and and last year as well. So I think everything's fine, Frank. Okay, I'm glad to hear it. I, I just remember it was kind of a big deal back in the day, and and wasn't the dentist somebody uh, like the guy in like in charge of that, or like was hard pushing you out or trying to make a big deal out of some of your past statements? Yeah, it's unfortunate. Was, was uh, the it gentleman named Dennis Goddard, he used to be a listener and a, a supporter of Free Talk Live years ago. And then he soured on us uh, year, a lot of years, many years ago. He soured on Free Talk Live because we were supporting civil disobedience. 
uh, here in New Hampshire, and he was firmly against that sort of mode of activism, and that's why he turned on us. He ultimately ended up going insane, uh, like mask COVID insane during the COVID situation. Yep. Uh, he started threatening other libertarians with uh, sh- with shooting them if they were to come near him without a mask on. That's because he crazy. Believed, he believed that would be uh, manslaughtering if you were to be anywhere in his vicinity without a mask on. So he started going really off his rocker. At that time, and it's—I don't know where he is today. I know he's gone and has been working with the Democrats or something like that. So I have no I'd, idea what his. I'd status love to is. add to this a little bit. Sure. I was going to say uh, that. So uh, uh, the the haters, the people that hate Ian, uh, pretty much all of them were like getting vaxxed and you know all mm. wearing the masks and you know giving us a hard time about get, you know gathering. Like I had a pig roast, you know that um that spring twenty twenty and and there I I definitely got some. Uh, some sort of like negative commentary from uh, people who what they one thing they had in common was they were I was skeptical of them anyways because they disliked Ian mm. but like you know they were just you know the whiny democratic type and one thing I got to say that the scam demic really did for us in New Hampshire was it showed us who you know who, you know it separated the boys from the from the men sure essentially did. Uh, the wheat from the shaft might be a better terminology but yep. so we, we got to which was good because you know it was like kind Needed of a to nice happen. Yeah. yeah yeah it was like a you know, refre- i thought it was quite refreshing okay now these you know whiners these these you know difficult people who are just like futters mm-hmm. spreading fear uncertainty and doubt we you know now we can really see who they are their veil's been you know uh lifted and then the other thing too is with um you know, cutting ties with you and essentially not really allowing you at Pork Fest a year or two. They were sort of like, they didn't like want to say they kicked you out, but they didn't. But there was a basically one donor, from what I understand. I don't know if I should even say his name. It doesn't really matter. But he mm-hmm. was basically a very wealthy, a uh, uh, very high supporter of the of uh, the Free State Project, Inc. And from what I understood, it was he was, you know, just. Yeah, I I think he was jealous of the attention <laughs> personally, mm-hmm. but he basically uh didn't want um uh Ian around and he um uh you know he had no good reason for it and when I asked him about it personally, he just laughed at me, told me that wasn't true. Uh and uh he you know, and, and basically he just had so much influence that basically it was like the same thing that happened with James O'Keefe, a whole bunch of people who you know, basically hate what O'Keefe is doing, going mm-hmm. against, you know, pharma and, you know, government and exposing stuff, sort of infiltrated the board of um, uh, Project Veritas, it sounds like, and we're like, well, let's get rid of them. Uh, so, you know, you know, uh, I was going to say, uh, Ian got O'Keefe, kind of. And they kind of did the know. same thing with him, right? Because he didn't, supposedly he didn't get fired. They just put him on suspension right. for 180 days right. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they incentivized him to call it quits. Essentially. Yeah, and 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 and, and their like complaints were ridiculous, and like nobody had a legitimate claim against you. It was like, well, what crime did he commit? Well, you know, what did he do? And you know, the, there was nothing they could point out. So it, it was yeah. just, I, I think it was like a rich boy's jealousy um, had a lot to do with this. And when you have a small movement like the Free State Project, a guy, one guy can come in with a lot of money and very much influence it, which is, you know, yeah, but that's sad. ancient history at this yeah. point. I mean, it's a 2016 was when all that went down yep. and, uh, now it's, you know, not even quite, not quite 10 years later, but the majority of a decade later and the Free State Project has reached its goal of 20,000 members. Not only that, it's gone past its five year moving window. Bonnie was just telling me the other night she checked on her mover number and it was like 5,000 something. And I thought, I didn't realize we were that high yet. I, I figured we were still like three or 4,000, but I'm, glad I'm sure to hear- it's a lot higher too, because people are not 
signing up. Right. Yeah. There's so, a dude who just moved here last yeah. week, and I asked him, "Hey, did you sign up for the Free State Project?" He said, "No." So they, yeah, who knows what the real numbers are? Right. of People who've moved here now. Of course, there are people who've left as well, and they don't tend to get counted uh, yeah. accurately. But uh, anyway, Frank, uh, does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. And and yeah, uh, just real quick, I know like it was a, the goal was twenty thousand, and, and they don't track the people that move. I mean, people like check in at all with the pre state and say, yeah, we moved. Or yeah, we they did. do. They, they have any yeah. to the numbers? Did you say they do? They do check in, and I, that official number, I believe, is at least as far as Bonnie was. She moved in twenty twenty one. So it's been a couple of years since then. I mean, she was number 5,000-something at that time. So that must mean it's, you know, I, I heard there was at least 1,000 movers in 2021. So let's just say, be safe and say at least 6,000 people. I have, heard 6,500 as a number at one yeah. point. Yeah, that sounds right. And that would be the official, Recently. that's the official check-in. We're here. Here we are. We signed. We're here now kind of and movers. Just, and for an example, um, I signed up years ago. I don't know what year, but um, who knows what number I was. Who cares? But. I revoked my signature mm. because of things that happened to you. Yeah. So I was like, nah, nah, remove my name from that list. But you moved anyway. Oh, yeah, I was already yeah. here. <laughs> right. Uh, and then there's uh, other people who moved that never signed, and we don't know what that number is. So, you know, maybe, b- say, between six and 10,000. I mean, who knows what it is? Who knows? Gotcha. All there right. You go, Frank. Good. Thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate it. Rob's on the line in Vermont. You're on Free Talk Live. By the way, the number here is 603-283-6160 if you want to join us. Go ahead, Rob. Rob in Vermont, going once. Rob in Vermont, going twice. Come on, Rob. Oh, he's there. He's there just before I hit the drop button. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I must say I had y'all an accidental mute. I'm I'm sorry. All sir. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I mean, I just wanted to tell Jay that – I really wish him you know, the best of luck on Monday. Uh, it, it upsets me. See, I've known Jay for quite a while, you know, and to go ahead and for those social workers to paint him out to be like somebody like Randy Weaver is upsetting just because he, just he's got the layout of what he's got at his house. And for them to, to paint him as somebody that's, a, you know, an awful person, it's absolutely wrong. Yeah, and my, you know, my I, homestead is like, you know, a basic New Hampshire homestead. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's no like, fence or every, anything like that. Like, you know, probably every 10th property up and down the road is like set up pretty much just like mine. Yeah, all, the only thing that makes your homestead different is you're a dome house. Yeah, yeah. It's that's just the that's design. it. I tell you, I can take you down the legal quagmire of what the Department of Child Welfare does to people. They destroyed me and my family over 40 years ago. And, you know, they'll do what, see, the family law and the criminal law are two different entities, okay? Mm. And, you know, the family law, I mean, it's all about fraud and money. These people get paid to to do horrible things to people. Uh, they These people, the judges, the lawyers, the social workers, when they adopt out a child, I mean, they get thousands and thousands of dollars for this all the time. Yeah, there's it, a, it's nothing new. There's a really good documentary out there, um, Save the Children. It's on band.video. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in that documentary, they get into a lot of the financial, like they do a little financial forensics on how much money the federal government is giving all these states. And like California and New York get massive amounts of, you know, CPS money. Um, and there's, it's, it's, it's an insane amount of money. And actually where a lot of the money comes out of is social security It's taken right out of the social security, 
um, you know, uh, pension fund, which is, you know, just a pyramid scam anyways. And I don't, uh, people probably ought to invest their money elsewhere, not into that. Uh, but yeah, it's just, um, you know, uh, it's, it's a blatant child trafficking scheme. If the definition of trafficking is, is basically doing something for money because they're absolutely oh, doing for it sure. for profit to doing it to pro- keep their pensions propped up. And, uh, I would love to, you know, put all this together and, you know, present something because, uh, because this, this could be a major, major part of a New Hampshire exit strategy. Here's one reason one of the biggest reasons we need to get out of here, uh, you know, get out of this uh, relationship with the federal government is because of all this money mm-hmm. they're giving to an agency that is basically doing nothing but destruction to children. It's well, it's ironic because, like, I feel like uh, what DCYF and whatever uh, uh, CPS, they they essentially are creating a victim, the child that can be taken from their home. And now they're, you know, being molested in another family. And now DCYF is forever into that kid's life until they're 18 uh, because mm-hmm. they can never put this kid in the right family when they should never have taken it from the family in the first place. Well, uh, and thank you, Rob, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, Jay, let me ask you this question. I was listening today to the uh, WGBH Boston. It's the public broadcaster there in uh, the big city there, Boston. They had the producers from the new NBC Boston series on the Free State Project on the show, on the public uh, show to have this discussion about this documentary series and they just kind of ended up talking about voluntarism and the free staters and what they believe and you know the producers did the best they could to kind of explain to their audience what they their understanding of you know, voluntarism they kept calling it volunteerism but they you know yep. they, they did Close the best enough. they could they're not familiar with it uh to to explain it and one of the hosts on the show brought up this question of well you know what what would happen if they succeeded in in what they want to do which is to get rid of the government they brought up dcyf or whatever the equivalent is there in massachusetts you know they brought up this uh this question of what about abusive families because we see all the stories of dcyf going wrongfully after people who did not abuse their kids and we've seen the nightmare stories where people who uh, love their children have their kids taken from them and then given over to this foster system where they might actually be given over into the hands of abusive people so like we've seen all the horror stories over the years but we can point those out, but that doesn't necessarily answer the question. We by saying well, the it keeps system jobs secure, but right, but by saying that the system is corrupt doesn't answer the question of what about the actual abusive families? What would happen in a you know a free New Hampshire if DCYF gets abolished? What happens with actual like parents beating their kids or something? Um, well, so a lot, most of the problems, what I can tell that DCYF like would have like a legitimate, you know claim or reason for going and you know um in you know removing a child for example because mom or mom and dad and usually it's just mom by herself is a you know a heroin addict Mm -hmm. let's say for example you have that that seems to be some form of opiate addiction seems to be like the number one cause of you know this particular um getting dcyf involved with legitimate now, in this Save the Babies documentary on Band.video, I think it's called, or Band.tv, um, and, and actually, it's really hard to find it. You don't want to use a Google search. you got to use something else, It was because mm-hmm. I've told people, I can't find it. I'm like, using Google, and they use Brave Browser, and then they find it. Um, but anyways, uh, they talk about how um, these uh, Child Protective Services 
admits that 83% of their investigations they aren't even necessary whatsoever. Mm. It's basically BS. They're just doing it to get the numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's in that documentary. There was a whistleblower, I believe her name is Ashley Rosati, who uh, got fired from DCYF for essentially you know, exposing on how they operate here in New Hampshire. Mm. And it was actually... Um, uh, Hipple and Martin, you know Seth Hipple, yeah. who um, free state or uh, attorney, yeah, yep, eh. who, who 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 represented. That's arguable. Uh, he, he's got some pretty good stuff he's done. He represented this, um, you know, uh, uh, DCYF whistleblower and got her a settlement uh, because they, you know, like fired her and stuff. But anyways, the thing is, is <clears throat> uh, most of the problems with children are because of things government are doing for example the prohibition on drugs Mm -hmm. uh creates a black market and then these black markets are literally funded by i just ernie hancock and um bob anderson on our show did a thing about corruption arizona on how to sinaloa cartels are using the secretary of state's office to basically buy all kinds of single family homes with investors to launder their money so they can you know get their money back into mexico or whatever which if they're doing it in arizona they're probably doing it in new hampshire and it's the importing of the drugs and which the government is very much doing you know silver dave would always get that i get that but But i don't know if that answers the question about like what about parents that are like beating their kids i mean obviously that's going to happen or starving their kids yeah there are crazy people or something like that what do you do without the government in that situation if you got an answer we'll we'll get to it coming up here in a moment and if you want to weigh in you can as well 603-283-6160 and this is free talk live hour three is coming up free talk live it is free talk live and we are kicking off the third hour of the show the phones are open if you want to join us here the number is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 and here in the studio tonight it's ian jay and joa uh phones are open can of course take control of the airwaves here on free talk live bring up anything that you want we were just talking about dcyf the department of children youth and families i think is what it stands for here in new hampshire uh they've been going after you uh jay and your family specifically your wife uh, shallon she's going to court on monday you're going to be there with her in uh, Concord, and hopefully there's going to be a large turnout of supporters there. It is just an arraignment, but that said, I've never seen Jay in uh, in court. There's been a lot of, uh, you know, he's been doing a lot of research on these things over the years, so I'm interested to see. I don't see. know how much of me you'll actually be able to see or witness. I don't know yeah. what they'll be able to let me say or do, because, you know, they've actually charged her with it. So That's true. That's true. It'll be interesting. But you're going to be there with her. And normally, Absolutely. normally, even if... Um, <laughs> You know, even if you aren't able to uh, represent's not the right word, but speak yep. on her behalf yep. in uh, in court, then they will still they stood should still let you sit up there and be her standby counsel yep. at the at the bare minimum. Yep. So so we'll see what happens. So it should be interesting to uh, to see how it goes. And that led to a conversation about DCYF because or this this whole concept of having this government agency overseeing people's family life. And the reason I I asked the question right before break was because it came up on uh, right. Boston Public Radio today as they were talking to uh, the folks who were doing the Boston, the NBC Boston TV series about the Free State Project. There was an interesting 20-minute long interview they did. I posted it actually on our SoundCloud uh, profile at soundcloud.com slash freetalklife. So if you've subscribed to our podcast, you've got that episode today of that, of that discussion they had. Because I thought it was interesting 
coverage of the Free State Project and all that. But it led to a question about DCYF and what would we do if it if we didn't have this government agency keeping us safe from parents that are abusing their kids? What do you guys think? Well, first off, the government has taken too much control in general. So people are just dependent on the government, you know, for their services and like basic uh, community sort of efforts um, and who, all kinds of, you know, further faucets of government. But see, this is where the community comes involved. Mm-hmm. You know, if um, if I saw someone, you know, in my neighborhood abusing their kid, I'm going to say something. I'm a part of this, you know, this neighborhood, this community of sorts. So I'll say something that way. But I mean, I wouldn't try to take someone's kids away. Um, it's very circumstantial at that point. Imminent danger is another story, right? Mm-hmm. Like if a kid is imminently in danger, I think it's the responsibility responsibility of people who know to go do something about it. But well, I think that is the answer to the question here because it is a tough. That, that's question. I was going to say something like that. It's, it's kind of like first off, I want to say hi, mom. Mom's listening. Hey, uh, mom. Anyways, like you know, if you saw like some dude beating his wife, mm-hmm. or you hurt, or you see a woman that you know looks like she's beaten and you maybe you know that somebody's beaten or you start asking some questions or whatever you would want to uh i I would want to render aid or help in some way or some form Mm -hmm. uh the only thing i can relate to an action that i have taken on a sort of a vigilante action before was there was a woman i knew who had these goats and basically she was very much neglecting them she was a drug addict and and like i so i go over there one day to do something or the goats keep on getting out and the goats are very have no water they got like no food and as you know as soon as they see me with a bucket they come running so i they they just followed me back to my place and i just put them in a stall and i'm and then i turned them out with my goats and this lady shows up like three weeks later she's like hey my goat's been missing i'm like really she goes yeah i went out there today they weren't there i'm like oh that's interesting and she's looking right at her goats (laughs) they're in with my goats that's how bad it was she couldn't recognize right right right. she was like a she was like a straight up junkie and Mm -hmm. um it was a very sad story and i'm like yeah i don't know you know but i yeah i went and stole her goats that's what i did Mm -hmm. now do you have a right to go steal someone's you know livestock no um and you know but i knew who i knew what the situation was but like you know this particular if if the situation was the same with the kids and the kids came over your house for a couple of days and like she didn't you know and she comes looking for them three days later not sure where they are or something mm. you know i mean it's it, but it, jay you 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 didn't steal the goats you rescued the goats yeah they just i th- yeah i i left the door open and they followed me <laughs> <laughs> for real yeah right so we right. have state agencies that are doing dealing with this animal stuff you know they're uh whatever they, ASPCA or something they call them animal control mm-hmm. you know they there's all kinds of people who have been harassed over and neglecting their animals and you know those animals are private property well if somebody's beating their wife you got to intervene if somebody's beating and abusing their children uh yeah you should be a little bit nosy about things i i, I tend to i'll say to some people sometimes i'll ask them things that are like considered nosy i'll say hey excuse me i'm kind of no, nosy but you know What's up with, uh, you know, your kid there or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. or things going on. Your kid's constantly looking at a device that's concerning to me. I kind of think that's child abuse. So I want to have a talk with the parents about mm-hmm. it. But the thing is, is just and because the state has take charge for that, an attitude of a lot of people are, well, that's why I pay taxes. So, you know, so so the state can do that. You know, uh, that's why I pay taxes. <laughs> so there's welfare like and, and like uh, they say it willingly. <laughs> right. So so all, all of these systems have just become corrupt because. 
people aren't being responsible for their own communities anymore. People mm-hmm. aren't looking out for each other. And then it all got whole. Well, I don't have to worry about it. I pay taxes. Right. 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 You become yeah. bitter, too, when things do happen in front of you. Like, why isn't the government doing anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I pay taxes. I don't want to do it. Yeah. The and government th- should be doing it. I think if it came down to what you guys, you know, what you guys are talking about, which is rescuing somebody from an abusive situation, whether it be an animal or a child or Liberating or whatever, them, too. Liberating uh, them. Then I think that, you know, if it came down to it, if that person wasn't a complete drug addict or whatever, and they didn't even know what was going on, they did know what was what was happening, and they brought some sort of case against you, like, hey, you took my kid uh, yep. from me. It, we, you would have to be willing to to put up a defense on that, yep. and hopefully the kid would say, yeah, I prefer to be with Jay or, yep. you know, whatever. And then it would be up to a jury, and presumably we would be living in a society that would understand and appreciate that, right? That that yep. wouldn't side with the abusive parent, and then they'd lose their kid in that case. So it's like you don't need a government bureaucracy to do this. And even if you're going to have a smaller government, even if you're going to keep a government around, which none of us I don't think want, but ultimately you know, maybe we'll get to that stage uh, at some point, even then— the police can can deal with that. Like you still don't need DCYF to deal with abusive people, right? Like it's just completely See, unnecessary. I, I feel like this is just like another faucet of government created because they've been the government's been abusive for such a long time. They've thri- uh, thrown people into poverty, and now the people living in uh, you know um, poverty stricken homes where there's trash building up and mm-hmm. like in, in their home and there's a filth. Like the kids cannot have a healthy environment, right? Now a farm is a different story. There's poop everywhere, you right? Know? Right. But well. that's <laughs> that's so they. There's no excuse, right? And um, but uh, the thing is, like you know, th- th- this is where like things you need to step in, you know. And but you know, I don't know. Like government has caused such a burden on the populace that now they need to create all these new agencies for all these new problems that never existed before. They just need to expand the agencies to keep their pensions afloat. <laughs> yeah, really. Let's go to the phones here. I got Bad Slave on the line in New Hampshire. Go ahead, Bad Slave. Thanks for taking my call. I, you got to start back a few years back, uh, even a few decades back to to the beginnings of the '60s, and uh, you know the whole progressive movement. I guess maybe even all the way back to uh, to Wilson and all of that. Where where they basically decided, you know, through so-called progressive uh, politics, you know, the what's now the woke crowd and BLM are are in the same boat. These these folk have decided that the right answer is incredible government control and 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 that the uh that their purpose is is to create uh you know drones the you know for to uh service the the global elite algorithmic slaves yeah the the cookie cutter farm of schools you know to to keep these kids like brain enslaved right and and i and i think actually directly funding through you know uh the uh 
God, what's the word? <laughs> uh, I, I want to say theft, but uh, extortion. Mm-hmm. The, the funding through extortion of of law enforcement. Uh, we we didn't have law enforcement like that. What we had was uh, uh, committees of safety, which w- which were the militia of the day, and mm-hmm. it was basically a voluntary uh, operation. And and they would train, and they would they would not only be uh, you know law enforcement, but also firefighters. Uh, you know. Everybody, the committee of safety, they all came to, uh, if, you know, someone's house was on fire, that committee of safety showed up and, you know, tried to do something about it. And those guys, you know, yeah. And And I bet you if somebody was abusing their wife or their kid and the committee of safety showed up, they probably would just, you know, not put up a big fight because there's going to be a a large group of people there, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, and, you know, even the, the, you know, the, you know, what do you call it? The. Uh, the school systems, the the I call them government in doc. Uh, that uh, that that they they are like indoctrination center in doc indoctrination. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, gov in doc. I you just shorten it right up. Sure. Because it's just now it's you can't garbage. shorten things like that because you're on the radio and you got to explain what uh, what you're <laughs> talking everyone's about. Everyone's gonna know. Yeah. Yeah. I always I always add in and. In parentheses, the uh, you know public schools, yeah. but uh, um, fact is, you're dealing with uh, uh, you know the the same effort of of destroying community and family families and 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 deliberately directly. Yeah. No, that's absolutely what they're doing. Thank you for the call, bad slave. I appreciate it. Uh, the number here, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. I mean, those government schools are a huge factor as to why people are so obedient, why they do believe in using the system to uh, to get their way and force it on other people. I mean, it's, it's the most important thing you can do for your kids is get them out of government schools. You want to talk about abusing your kids, sending them to uh, the government indoctrination camps. That's a prime example, too, is if you look at the public schools in any any geographical area it is the worst performing education institution and most expensive and most expensive by far so if you look at for so right now for this you know for protecting children youth and families what we have is the absolute worst possible system we could have Mm -hmm. we have a bunch of employees of this system who have what's called um uh, qualified immunity which basically means that they are immune from prosecution uh if they uh, civil and liable, uh, civil and criminal liability, uh, if you know, while they're acting uh, under the veil of the state. So, what does that do? That creates a, a culture. This has been going on for generations. This, you know, um, qualified immunity with DCYF ever since they've been around. This creates a culture of irresponsible people. Irresponsibility means lack responsibility. The term qualified immunity equals irresponsibility lacking of Mm -hmm. responsibility you don't have to be responsible so when and and then what happens is you know we have three to five percent of our population is sociopaths and you have these huge bureaucracies that have hundreds or thousands or and even on federal levels tens of thousands of employees Mm -hmm. and you know you're getting some psychopaths in there absolutely And, and, and a really smart psychopaths the the aggressive ones claw their way to the top 
and they don't care what they got to do or these to clean, get there. These clean record, record uh, you know, child abusers. They're actual child abusers, and they just have a clean record. Mm. So they, you know, they, they, they gain these positions, and then they abuse kids, like Joe Biden. Sure, yeah, maybe. <laughs> sure, oh, looks like it. I mean, the laptop says so, and, and and his daughter's diary refers to him as basically he is a pedophile. Joe mm. Biden is absolutely a pedophile. If you believe Ashley Biden's diary. And you know, and just look at him. He's a, he's a creepy guy, uh, sniffing little girls. Oh, yes. And and the thing it's is, weird. It's really the, weird. You, you have all the stuff with his son. You're like, his son is not shy about how he's smoking crack. And his son know. apparently labeled his own father a pedo Peter in yes. his phone. Right. Oh. That got the when the phone got ripped and revealed to the public. But back, like back to like to DCYF and like even the people that showed up at your house, they I don't think they even have kids. Oh, right? so so that's another like, big reason they don't understand yeah. these factors. I so, don't either, so I can't really speak for it. But that's what that's a general trend going on in the government is that these people that want to like you know take your kids away don't have kids themselves. So if you go on my YouTube channel, and I actually should set up an Odyssey one, uh, but YouTube channel J Noon, uh, and you look and there's a video on there. It's uh, J Noon DCYF, and you can check out. You know this this social worker who and a social worker is a you know um, a very much of woke city culture mm-hmm. uh, and she doesn't have any biological children and which which is fine and you know um, far as I know she doesn't have any kids or whatever but like you know when they are telling the chief of police who has kids biological children and another police officer who is a biological mother they you know don't have any business you know they're not qualified qualified or doing this stuff. Um, and yet you got someone who's basically, you know, you know, went to school for, you know, liberal arts or something because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, you know, and maybe, you know, got a, you know, a degree in whatever, you know, degree you need to, you know, childhood education or something to be a social worker. Yeah. Um, or culinary art for spirit cooking. Sorry, go ahead. And, and so, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. And, you know, and, and the thing is, is, you know, with the state, it doesn't matter what the degree is in the views as long as you got some, you know, can prove that you're you can uh, you succumb to the brainwashing of the, you know education system and mm-hmm. go to college and get some degree that's the, the level that's they, they care about okay so i asked this woman the social worker i says uh melissa coombs is her name i says uh, do you have an oath of office and she didn't she didn't answer me but if you can go on there and watch that video and you know see if you'd want you know this lady who represents the probably the most viable organization to children youth and families just take your local state abbreviation you know here in and New Hampshire's NH, and I did NH DCYF settlements right on an internet search. Mm-hmm. And you will just be shocked of the stuff that you read. And <clears throat> these people who are irresponsible have qualified immunity and come to your home and they say, We have a right. You know, the hell they do. They say, We have a right to access your house. We have a right to, you know, um, do these things. I got her on video saying it. When I ask her about her oath of office, she has no idea what I'm talking about. So I did a right That's to know. That's because she request. never swore an oath to the Constitution. Right? I did a right to know. Yes, because I did a right to know request with the um, uh, New Hampshire Health and Human Services to the director of DCYF and also to the social worker. She's probably and, never read the Bill of Rights. And uh, I asked uh, them to provide, uh, you know, their bond insurance information and oath of office. And they're like, "Oh, we state employees aren't required to have an oath of office." So essentially, is you it have- only the police? And the elected officials that are supposed to? So I'm pretty sure state cops you're going to find don't have an oath of office because the Massachusetts state cops don't, really? but local cops oh, do come on. and sheriffs do. Yeah, yeah. actually, state cops are just uh, private corporations according to their own 
court pleadings in Massachusetts. Right. So, as much as I don't like the sheriffs, I'd probably call the sheriffs first. Hmm. Than the yeah, state, or the state police. call your local cop. You know, and it's, oh, yeah, and yeah. it's good if you know who your local cops are. Well, you're are. asking me to call Manchester PD, which is like well, not ideal. Well, whatever, and well, don't be in a city. You yeah, know, if you're in a big city. You can't. Do, know don't remind cops. me, guys. And, and you know, and you know, and really, thing is, is, we should you know try not to be in the cities. I mean, get your kids out of the cities if you're raising kids. You know, uh, the cities aren't healthy places. You know, for families. And, um, but so now we have this culture of, I don't even know when, you know, DCYF got really going, but it's, we have a culture of state employees that are attracted to the job, not requiring any responsibility because pretty much no matter what you do as a state employee, you're not going to be held liable. Kind of like these vaccine companies, you know, get these sweetheart government contracts to sell a product that if the product causes injury or damage, like, you know, they give a, them each other high fives, uh, they, uh, the, you know, they're immune from liability. And just like with the vaccine uh, companies there, it is the uh, taxpayers that pay out the damages for, uh, you know, in vaccine court. And, mm-hmm. and, and it is the taxpayers who pay out the damages of, for DCYF, uh, for DCYF yeah. which yeah. is, you know, the legislature in its last session put aside one hundred million dollars. Oh, jeez! For this is um, for the Sununu Abuse, the Sununu Center, Abuse right? Center, and we have, um, which is, and by by that I mean where people were abused. Yes. at this state-run center that has the bears the name of the governor uh, Sununu on it. Yes, like, like actual abusing children, right? At oh, gunpoint. Yeah, at gunpoint. By yeah. the whole oh, staff, threat, intimidation. I mean, all and now kinds they're of stuff. offering. I don't know if I can say the things that that happened. There. Now they're offering money to these victims in order to hush them up. From what I understand, right? So if they take, yeah, generally, if they yeah. take the oh, payout, they won't. Not all of them will. I guarantee uh, you, they that's won't. That's good, but but if they do take the payout, then they're basically agreeing. I have no right to sue. Yep. I have no right to move forward legally on any kind of claims against this abuse. Yeah, that, they, uh, I hope that happened. No, no, uh, no one else does that. I know that's one, what person, the set, for, one right? person settled with, with some amount. But the thing is, I hope n- the rest of them do not do that. Mm-hmm. Go after these people, and you need to, we need to take them down because we need to remove them from office and the ones that are continuing to cover them up. Shame on them. Because that's the idea, though, that the state wants to do is they want to take $100 million and they want to say, all right, let's make this go away for $100 a, million. It's a collapse of uh, – it's a house of cards ready to collapse but if they were to take it all if down. if enough of them don't take the money and they sue, it could cost them way more than – it could cost the state way more than $100 Yeah, but we million, should be right? going after the state for the funds. Of the, we should be going after these individuals. I know they probably don't have any more money. But, like, who hire them, fire them, take their money? How about, uh, and then the supervisors, fire them, take their money. All the people that were involved in uh, causing the abuse of all these children. But don't they have qualified be- immunity? I don't give a damn. I mean, I know what you're saying. We're, we're going to have to challenge no, this yeah. qualified immunity that's going to happen. So Especially no- when the kids are being raped in uh, 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 basically a prison yep. at gunpoint. Yep. And, and so, with this, with respect to the Sununu Center, which, uh, there's a, a YouTube channel called Absolute Defiance. This is yeah. Footloose's YouTube yep. channel. So the title of the of the uh, video is it's about an hour long. Is sadism, rape, torture, and corruption in New Hampshire? The Sununu House, <laughs> YDC. This is an absolutely ho- horrific account from one of the hundreds of victims that wound up at the John H. Sununu Youth Detention Center that was systematic. S- abused, molested, raped, tortured, and ignored when he tried to report it. The abuse became worse. From all levels, case managers, staff, Mm -hmm. police chiefs, they all turned a blind eye. 
Um, so Footloose here, uh, you know, when he he, he put this, this is out. why abolishing DCYF is going to actually make things better, despite right. whatever few things where there's actual abuse going on in families, we can handle that. Because now the abusers that. are being protected by yeah. Now they got jobs from the state. Yeah, they got jobs <laughs> from the state, and it's a uh, it's a go with the flow situation. And if you don't get along, they fire you. Find a way to get you out of there. Yeah, and don't think and for a moment this isn't going on where you live. If you're not in New Hampshire, this abuse follows power. 100%. Wherever there's power, these people are attracted to it. Back in Rhode Island, uh, my friend uh, Fake Mike Real News, he put a, uh, a video out saying, if you've been abused by DCYF or been transferred from whatever by DCYF and been abused, contact. We got hundreds and hundreds yeah. of emails. Yeah, I couldn't even deal with it. Nope. Can't even handle it all. Uh, there's more coming up here in moments. we got time for you. If you want to join us, the number 603-283-6160. You can share your story. Bring up whatever's on your mind here on Free Talk Live. Get to check out Joa. He is breaking the flaw yeah. on uh, YouTube still and definitely Odyssey. Yes. So join him there as he goes on his various adventures to various government bureaucracies and does uh, records video to see what's sees what's happened. I've done you know. a couple cop box lately. Just yeah, is that what you've been up to? I haven't seen. Well, I haven't been watching one that was like kind of right outside, <laughs> right out here. But, no, no, not here, but like right outside where I live. Oh, okay. And uh, right. convenient. Yeah. So, how did the police behave? Oh, the cop was like, uh, "Just to let you know, uh, we have body cams, so you don't have to be out uh, here in the cold." <laughs> oh, he's <laughs> so kind. Yeah, right. He's just concerned for your well-being. Yeah, no, he was. He cares. <laughs> That's a new one. I've never heard that line before. <laughs> I didn't know they had body cams in Manchester. That's a thing. I that's know. A thing there. No, they haven't for wow. a long time. They what now? They've had it for a long time. Really? Uh, we don't. I don't think they have that in Keene. Well, when I got arrested a couple years ago, they had them because I oh, got that body yeah. cam quick. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's where they beat down um, Savage Tree. Savage. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, check him out. He's breaking the flaw. He does First Amendment uh, audits, cop blocking, things like that, and uh, puts himself in harm's way for your entertainment. Oh, stop it. No. <laughs> and and uh, are you going to stream the uh, court hearing on Monday? I will. I'll be going to uh, Shallon's uh, arraignment, and um, I'll f- live stream that. Cool. If they let me. Well, they should. They, uh, th- that courthouse has been fairly okay with recording here i'm gonna try something this is a public announcement to the courts that i will be recording you've been notified your notice (laughs) (laughs) so i will not be signing up when i go there just go to uh, odyssey search for breaking the flaw you'll find his channel there as we go to your calls here uh, sarah is in new mexico you're on free talk live sarah oh yes i i just uh was watching a travel show and i learned that there was a, a Russian-style Orthodox church on in the French Riviera. So there, there is a, a, a story behind it. it. It actually was built by the Tsar. The last Tsar, I think, wasn't he Nicholas uh, the Second? Could so be. The, I don't know. It sounds the, familiar. Yeah. So the the royal family in Russia would 
uh, whether the the winters in French Riviera, and so they decided, well, they need a church to go to the the one that they go to. So they actually have a, a like a Russian style with a like a cone shaped uh, like the top with a swirl. Um, sure. That building actually in in France. Yeah. So. So I, I've seen Greek Orthodox churches everywhere. Yeah, I mean, are you telling us that, that should we be surprised or outraged? Or Is there what? something more to this? Well, you know what? Being the, so that being like, I, I could read into that why that this was going on before he got shot, and you know that he got like rounded up, and when they had that Bolshevik revo- czar. revolution, you're talking about the czar. Yeah, the last czar. Mm-hmm. So he he was. Uh, I mean, I could, but. Can you understand why? So, just to clarify, you're talking about when the, the last czar and then the uh, the commies came into play in you know real heavy, and then they started murdering their own people, right? You're talking about that time frame, right? But but I mean, yeah. if you are uh, starving and freezing to death in Russia, and you have the czar vacationing every winter in French Riviera, and they built their own, church, I mean, wouldn't that's the that was the last one that got shot and had a revolution so the point so is is that a, masses of commies are very it. dangerous and very destructive and then when government collapses because it's because there's so many commies that are consuming and not producing and it can't function anymore and your dollar turns into gets hyperinflated because the only way communism works is short term by you know basically you know printing money out of thin air is how these guys have you know done it in you know recent history that i can tell so when all the food disappears because the money don't work and nobody wants to trade with you, uh, then you have these, you know, masses of people who are used to having their, you know, microwaved meals and they can't eat in, and, and their EBT checks don't work. Then they, you know, start roaming out in, from the cities into the country, um, killing everybody. And in Russia, weren't they good and disarmed by the time this happened? Like the Russian people? Yeah, probably. I, I, I know I were. read uh, I, I, when I was I in jail, that. Sarah, I did read the uh, Gulag Archipelago, book one. I didn't get through the second and third books, uh, but I did read the first one. And it's an absolutely horrifying story of what happened in the uh, the Russian Gulags 100 years ago. And he talks about how people would compare the people who'd been in uh, prison under the czar now, I mean, the czar is not a good guy, right? Like, I don't want to make it sound like he's a great was a great person or anything like that. But the people that were in prison under the czar made it sound like the czar was like, you know, the czar prisons were club med by comparison to the gulags and how just brutal and torturous uh, they were. So things definitely did get worse underneath, uh, you know, Stalin and uh, and Lenin and, and those guys. But Sarah, you must uh, well, revere okay, those I, those men, right? Like, because you're a communist. So you must love what they I did with the gulags. Well, I'm I'm more concerned about like they had a a, a like a like a, a all crystal chandeliers in uh, one one major chandelier is still in Russia uh, in in France, and that was actually made to be shipped over into Russia. That's not really and interesting though. I mean, who cares about their furniture? It's interesting is the fact that the reason that they why do you care about their furniture? No, but I'm, I'm talking about the chandelier lamp. Is because they yeah. had the revolution. Okay, they're lighting the equipment. Why? Day. Why do you care about that? Well, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. All of these things that were supposed to be in Russia, and then the revolution have have put put a stop to it. It's it, a very. I mean, Sarah, I mean, no, it's going to blow your mind. 
I'm going to blow your mind right now. If you look this up, <laughs> if you look up Operation Paperclip, look up look up Operation Paperclip. You're going to be your mind's going to be blown. If you're just learning about a church with a chandelier that was owned by a czar, <laughs> holy crap! You got to look up uh, Operation Paperclip. But, but Sarah, you supported the Gulags, right? Because that, that's way more interesting. If you want to talk about Russia, we should talk about you know what they did to millions of their people which was you know exterminating them and locking them up in prisons for 10 to 25 year bids in a lot of cases uh if they didn't die at the hands of the ridiculous conditions that they were under there and i presume you support all that because you're a communist right you know what? I, I mean, that that's you guys just twist on it oh that's the a twist that no no people, probably more happy who was happy? Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Who was happy? I think the people, the common people, you know, talking about they had all free education. They had the free guaranteed health care under <laughs> communism, <laughs> socialism. Who do you do? think pays you for that, though, Sarah? Things about it. You Sarah, who pays for it? The- you're not welcome to my money, right? If you want those services, you're not welcome to steal it from and, your neighbor. And, and that's why that society collapsed. Yeah. Because they all got free stuff. Because they... Sarah, you're, you're a nice person. Uh, I'd be willing to give you money if I saw you uh, and you needed some food, right? I, if I saw you, I'd be like, oh, she's very nice. I'm going to give her some money and she can go buy some food. I hope you buy food, not drugs. Or, you know, things you don't need, like whatever clothes like listen joe you're going to the gulag okay god you can't speak out against the government you can't be talking against communism you are going to be doing heavy labor uh in the gulag if you survive it sarah do some deep soul searching about where where things come from you think they just come out of nowhere then you're smoking some nice stuff i want some but if you if you really deep think if you, you have deep, to listen, Sarah, if yeah, someone's if talking to you, if you deep think about how things function, the way this world works is that it comes from somewhere. There's someone laboring for you to survive because you're not working, you're not providing for anyone. You're, you're providing some content for Free Dog Live. Thank you, but you're not helping anybody really. You're really just securing our beliefs, and you're not like doing anything to for this world. Please do something, even if it's just like, you know, some charity work at your soup kitchen, something that you could be proud of before you go. <laughs> I got a good friend. Well, who. How do you know about what I do or what I don't you do? You told what us. You, know? you call every day. <laughs> Thanks for the call, well, Sarah. I'm- All right. What were you going to say, Jack? Just speaking of Russia, I have a good friend. Uh, he um, he rides around with me when I go do, uh, you know, some farm stuff when we're moving cows and pigs around. He likes to come mm-hmm. with me. So we spent a lot of time in a truck together the past couple of years, and uh, he, um, <clears throat> I think his he left Russia like right about the collapse, or, or it's somewhere in the early '90s, and um, <clears throat> and he's got a couple of kids. He moved to New York City, and then he you know moved here for the Free State Project a couple of years ago, and he told me that Russia had a very very robust uh, black market. Sure. So when Russia collapsed, it's the only way you could probably feed yourself. It, it was. It was the only way you, you could. So if like you worked, so like uh, for, he was. T- we talk about a lot about relationships, and um, so basically he was like he's an engineer, computer engineer, and he's like I wasn't of much value for like a relationship because I couldn't steal anything from work. If he he says his friends that worked in a factory that manufactured. They would literally fill their pockets and their lunch pails and everything with whatever, nuts, bolts, paper clips, mm-hmm. anything they could possibly. And everybody was doing this in every factory. And then they were moving these items on the black market. And 
you know, and and uh, all the Russians I've met that come from Russia, like they all know how to garden. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he was saying is they they had a house in like in a, in a village, and they had like a acre lot that was like a two hour train ride away that they would go to like every weekend and tend their gardens, do their stuff, and they'd work them all summer. And then bring home the harvest and very few people had like what you would consider like a lawn everybody had some kind of something yeah. growing anywhere there yeah. was dirt but you had to be you were very active in the black market so when russia collapsed people knew understood the black market and it wasn't it was he called the collapse of russia really soft hmm. compared to what he thinks the collapse in america is going to be because in america people don't know it very few people understand the black market if they can't swipe right. their ebt card and you know, pull pull the uh, microwave meal out of a freezer in a grocery store and mm. put it in a microwave. They're not going to eat. You know, um, I've seen some group homes with uh, mentally challenged people still able to garden and feed themselves. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's and, and and like that's like the number one thing I'm teaching my kids right now is, and what I'm advocating the people to do is teach their kids to uh, understand food, to know what food is, and know, know uh, about gardens. This is why my kids are raising chickens and pigs and cows with me. And, you know, my daughter's uh, actually watched us butcher chickens and pigs, and she's actually helped me kind of butcher a pig already. Um, and, you know, she's, uh, she's really understands where meat comes from. You know, we were on vacation and she's telling kids in the park, you know, oh, yeah, Beef comes from a cow, steak comes from a cow, and it's cow meat. And, you know, and you know, she understands these things at three years old. <clears throat> and she gets her dopamine hit from, you know, uh, gathering up the chicken eggs and feeding the cows and feeding the Actually, feeding chickens is so much fun for little kids. And, <clears throat> but there's a lot of, you know, people that are in their 20s and 30s. They've, they've never stepped in, you know, yeah. animal dung. They've, uh, you know, they have no idea where. Uh, this food comes from a lot of people really believe it's just, yeah it's at the grocery store and beyond that they don't even <laughs> or, care or like uh, i've seen three-year-olds that just can't hold their balance your kid is like on an ottoman that's like cushy and stuff and it's like she's like balancing while drinking water out of a mason jar <laughs> that i saw earlier and i'm like holy cow this kid's only three you know it's <laughs> like uh calls here guys i got david yeah. on the line in new mexico you're on free talk live david yeah on your uh court case things jay yeah. um one thing i noticed was that uh the uh they talk about retaliation against your wife uh bringing these charges forward even though other things have been set aside um re- re- retaliation is legal grounds for a federal civil rights lawsuit a, a retaliation by a government agent uh is a civil rights violation and you can you can sue the individuals and the agency for that. Another thing I noticed that I've been telling you for for years. How could you prove I it? Realize I'm, I mean, you, how how would you prove that it was retaliatory? Like you know how? Um, it's mathemat. It's it's well. I I understand your point. I, I would be working from the standpoint uh, of that it's mathematical. That I would just present my mathematical evidence that. You know, A, B, and C happened, and then C, D, and E happened, and by logical, reasonable deduction, a reasonable person uh, would uh, uh, find beyond a reasonable doubt that uh, this was retaliatory. Actually, and in, 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 you're talking about federal, that's a civil, so it's just preponderance of evidence or clear and convincing, and it will probably be preponderance of the evidence, and the preponderance of the evidence would show that it that uh, the preponderance of the evidence shows that it's retaliatory, and we we decide for the for Jay for and his family 
and then you get a settlement. That that's uh, that's my response oh, to that. Nice. It, that, that's and, a good point you bring up, David. Thank you. Because now that you've mentioned that, that's, that's kind of popped a couple of my couple of things in my head. And I do believe that there there actually is a way to prove that it's retaliatory, just hmm. by he said simple math. But I I have actually, and, and uh, so I, I there is a couple of DCYF whistleblower names that I have. Uh, people who um, you know, I say a couple. It's just a couple, not many. But if there's anybody listening out there that would particularly be a uh, of help to you know that worked inside of dcyf and left dcyf specifically new hampshire uh uh and would be interested in you know sort of filling me in being a whistleblower that would be really helpful how would they reach you um you know i i, I just give out my email give an email okay. yeah j at jnoon.com j at j-a-y-n-o-o-n-e yes right okay all right very good uh david other thoughts go ahead I guess not. Thanks oh, for the call. I didn't mean to cut you off, Dave. He was still but, yeah. there. I don't know. Maybe yep. he hung up. Uh, CW's on the line in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, CW. I know you have a short amount of time, but I just want to say I knew Dave Olson was a smart guy. All that, all that legalese talk, it got me going. That's all I had to say. Thank you. All right, CW. Appreciate it, man. Uh, so I, I had this crazy story. I figured it's worth a mention here. New York Post reporting that a New Jersey woman's fight against eviction ended in a deadly blaze Wednesday when she intentionally started a fire in the home she shared with dozens of cats and refused to vacate. The woman and her cats died in the massive fire, which broke out shortly after 11 a.m. in Roosevelt, New Jersey. State police had served the woman an eviction notice, but she refused to leave and instead threatened to blow up her own home. I wonder what they were evicting her for. Does it say in the article? Uh, I don't know if we get into to that. That's code a good, violation stacking up or wouldn't not su- paying it wouldn't taxes. surprise me. I mean, a lot of times Meow. you deal with a cat, you know, you deal with a crazy cat lady. You probably are dealing with a you know a hoarder to some extent. And well, you there's may an have actual like that. disease you can get from uh, cats. It's a parasite, mm-hmm. and uh, I forget what it's called. I know what you're talking about. It's if they scratch you or whatever. You yeah, get this you can thing. get this uh, disease to where like you just love your cat. <laughs> I, I actually pretty sure I know know some people that have had this disease and. Um, it's um or this parasite um and it's basically a just simple anti-parasitic drug to to fix it i i can't remember but you what think, it's called do you think all the crazy cat ladies have this thing no this but but it's a real deal yeah it, no it's, it's a real, real yeah, thing I've heard about uh it. i don't i mean there's crazy horse ladies there's crazy dog ladies mm-hmm. there's there, there's people i used to sell hay to that were getting evicted out of their house they hadn't paid their mortgage in forever and mm. you know they're like oh, i'm just gonna move into my camper at the barn at the farm and they got like nine horses and you know they're gonna move into a camper because they can't you know because they have a whole bunch uh, one horse is like having a mortgage payment and uh you know so there are yeah definitely crazy people who you know are, are sort of obsessed about their animals and <laughs> it does look like it was as i s- suspected possibly like a, a hoarder house or yep. a, a dirty house they do show the uh the notice here that's posted as an unsafe structure says this building is declared unsafe for human occupancy so that usually means that this person is living in some level of filth sure uh and that, that's just my you know my guess here According to that sucks though. Yeah, according to the New Jersey State Police, they said we're getting reports that the resident turned on the gas prior to igniting it, 
Neighbors were evacuated while police had a standoff with a woman. Multiple fire departments responded to the home but were unable to get her out alive. They knocked on our door this morning, said a neighbor, and then apparently this woman also had... It's one thing to burn your own house down, but apparently there was an attached home that had a a renter in it. Emma Quackenbush, who lived in the attached unit for 22 years, told New Jersey 101.5 she'd lost everything in the fire. She says, uh, my house is gone. It's still standing, but it's not livable. Can you say her name again? Quackenbush. (laughs) (laughs) This was the woman who survived. I know. Okay. So it sounds like it was a duplex. Could and be. Could she be. was probably renting. Yeah, she and, was. And, you know, the poor landlord, you know, needed to evict this woman because she was, you know, if you got, you know, I, I had a duplex house before. I was a renter and I, I had to actually remove someone who was like excessively dirty mm-hmm. that was living there. It, was, it sucks. My house actually had flies on my side. Oh, God. And the, the guy had from a From the neighbor? From the neighbor. Uh. And he would like... Yeah, I, I wasn't sure what was going on with you know, oh, over there, no. but he was basically getting pizzas delivered every day, and he was throwing all the pizza oh. boxes in like this back room. Oh, I'm like, God. why is there so many flies? And then I oh, man. go over, I go into the basement, and there's like a bunch of flies, oh. and and then uh, so I went into his side, and he's got. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Was and this in Massachusetts? Yeah, this is Massachusetts, a place oh. where you guys came down you, like oh, ten God. years ago. You don't, you don't want to know. And uh, so yeah, I. I <laughs> Um, it's only the surface of it i'm sure i finally got rid of i mean you had a horror story too oh uh, yeah i I had a neighbor two houses down this is a house i grew up in but two houses down the the house was uh torn down after the the lady passed away Mm -hmm. um and i had gone in there just one time because like we were checking up on her and Mm -hmm. see what was going on old lady or something older lady Mm -hmm. yeah probably like really like 80s uh but there was probably like 50 60 cats in this house oh boy yeah yeah there was TV dinners everywhere. Just she couldn't, like, the... properly feed them. So she was feeding them, I think, like, shelter food or whatever, like, you know, wow. um, the food that she was getting for free. But it was it was really gross. Uh, wow, man. That, that's why they just completely destroyed the house. Was, yeah, you can't. I mean, it's just so bad. You don't even want to clean the thing. I, I was in tear a, it down. In, like, I'm not even joking. Like, two seconds you of the house. You got mold in the walls or whatever. I was right? getting she, hit with ammonia, she, you know. She probably did everybody a favor. Burning her like own place. Burning the place. Like the guy who owned the place was probably he like. He can collect the insurance maybe, now, right? I mean, if he's yeah. got insurance. So I, I, and, and But, you know, the poor woman who's, you know, the abutting yeah. renter, yeah. you know, if, if she didn't have renter's insurance, um, you know, she's probably totally screwed because a lot of times the, uh, you know, the, the insurance that the landlord has doesn't, you know, cover, you know, whatever with the renters. Yeah. It's and, awful. Um, and I actually saw um uh what's his name? Uh Governor Ron DeSantos eating the cats afterwards. I just <laughs> blogged about it. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Well, I I figured I'd bring it up since you said it at the beginning of the show, let's end it with the show that you can't criticize Ron DeSantos. Oh yeah, there's a crazy uh story in the news. I actually saw this one tonight and I considered talking about it on the air, and the only reason I passed on it. Uh, was you know, this was before you brought it in, but yeah, we can uh, talk about it. But the re- only reason I passed was because it's just a bill. But go ahead, tell us what the bill is proposing to do in Florida, the so-called free yeah, state of so Florida, as they're marketing. The first it. sentence is all you need to hear is that Florida Senator Jason Bredor, uh out of Lake Mary, wants bloggers who write about Governor Ron DeSantis. Attorney General Ashley Moody and other members of the Florida Executive Cabinet or legislators to register with the state or face fines. Like serious <laughs> fines. Like I, re- I read the story. It's $2,500 a day 
if you write a blog post about the governor without you're not on the list of approved bloggers, uh, they'll hit you with twenty five hundred dollars a day in fines. Now that's if this thing passes. It's Is DeSantis just a bill. supporting this? I don't know if he's come out and supported this yet or not. I yes, like to hear what he his does. comment really. Yes. It there's, says that there's there? video of him supporting the it's called the digital bill of rights no i think that's a different bill oh is it yeah i think that's a different bill he's making a big deal out of this bill of rights thing i did look at the bill of rights story it's a separate story uh the so-called digital bill of rights is all about oh well you you know we're we're taking on big tech you got rights to privacy and and things like that here's what this sounds to me like it's posturing this sounds to me like it's you know somebody's ramping up some nonsense saying oh we're going to regulate you setting up something uh, as it's and acting like it's going to protect DeSantis, just so DeSantis can come around and be like, "That's ridiculous. We're not going to, mm. you know, um, take people's rights away. Go away with that stuff." You know, it would sort of be like, "Oh yeah, you know, uh, boost him up more." Could be. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Dude. You know, it's just like a setup, and and, and that's the way a lot of this political stuff just turns out. I mean, you know, it just seems like everything's a setup. There's, there's Ukraine stuff, the, you know, the the scamdemic. This is this is all there for like just. To you know, just some more cards falling in this you know mm-hmm. setup that these guys have going on, and then you know at each step of the way, you know you can you can uh, place your financial bets on you know the stock markets and futures markets and all these things the collapses, collapses, and just you know extract a whole bunch. Can't of Can't happen soon enough. Uh, out of time for tonight. You can join us tomorrow. Join Joe on his channel, Breaking the Flaw. He's on Odyssey you. and YouTube. Uh, and Jay, his email if you want to contact him. Jay yeah. at jnoon.com. That's right. It's noon with two O's. Noon. All right. See you tomorrow. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today.